Ho, ho, ho. This special holiday month of streaming things is brought to you by the super patrons, and they are Aaron Layton, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Chester Copperpot, Chloe Richardson, Crystal Trujillo, Emmy, Enza, Jeanette Murphy, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton Valentino, Thomas Alexander, and Valerie. Harry Potter, such an honor. Welcome back. My name is Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. We are continuing our Harry Potter coverage with Harry Potter 5, The Order of the Phoenix. Or as Andy calls it in text, Oot, Oot P. Oot P. Oot P. The, uh, the acronym for Harry Potter. That's what I've been calling it to myself all day. The first time you said that to me, I was like, is that a Star Wars character? Oot P. Oot P. Oot P. <laughs> Oot P. He's part of the, uh, the resistance for sure. But Andy... Welcome back. Thanks, man. You've been gone for far too long, and it's been a crime that you've been missing during your Harry Potter Dude, I know. If ever there was something that I should be here for, it's Harry Potter. And I had to miss, like, two of the better ones, and and that sucks. Especially, like, Goblet of Fire. Like, A Prisoner of Azkaban is, like, probably the most, like, professionally done and, like, interesting and, like, kind of gives the Harry Potter universe its own identity instead of just being, like, kind of a Christmas kids movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Goblet of Fire is, like, my favorite book by a mile, even though, like, it probably is the most, like, uh, egregious as far as, like, big changes from the books and not really, like... So the book is your favorite book? Yes. Is the movie your favorite movie? For Goblet? No. No? No. Um, My favorite movie is Half-Blood Prince, so I'm really excited for that coming up. Um, Interesting. But uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is a close second, so I was super bummed that I got to, or had to miss that one, too. Uh, So I did go on. We miss you. We miss you. (laughs) Without our resident Harry Potter uh, uh, encyclopedia with us. It was just like, who's that character? I don't know. Fuck it. Let's make a Dementor noise. <laughs> Dude, I loved your all's Dementors. That was so funny. I typically don't listen to the show because I'm there. So, you know, why do I need yeah. to, why do I need to listen to it? But when I'm not, uh, I had to find out how it went and I loved your all's Dementors. Oh, we're just little Dementors. Oh no, what's going on over there? <laughs> Um, so Chris isn't here. He, uh, has had some fatherly duties that he had to take care of. I was out. I went on vacation and then, uh, the next week I had to miss again because I had COVID and I was like, it's not going to be hard for them to put that together. Uh, it's still very much a pandemic, despite what Joe Biden says, it's still out there. (laughs) So be safe. Um, it sucked for a couple of days and then it didn't suck. Uh, losing taste and smell was super interesting. Like, uh, I mean, it's, old news for everybody else, like years old news, but this is the first time I ever had COVID. So I'm like talking to Sarah. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't taste anything. This is crazy. I'm the first person this ever happened to in the history of mankind. (laughs) I'm unique. (laughs) My experience is unique. (laughs) Like I made us burgers one night and like, I don't know if you've ever eaten a hamburger without like any flavor, but like, yeah, man, I've been to steak and shake. (laughs) <laughs> got him <laughs> when it's uh when it's all texture it it changes things it takes a lot of the joy out of life and so i'm like oh no what do i do <laughs> but you know uh it came back pretty quick i never had all that good of a sense of smell so i'm not sure if that's back or not 
Hopefully I don't like mm. leave the oven on overnight and die. But other than that, that's uh, why you have Sarah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, babe, you smell anything? No. Okay, cool. But yeah, so I'm so really has, happy to be back. Has Chris had COVID? Uh, yes, a couple of times. A t- couple of times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still have yet to get it, knock on wood. You, you might be immune. I thought I was I, immune. I could be. Who knows? But dude, like half the people that were on our trip ended up getting COVID. Like, and there were a ton of us. So like 15 people or something. That was a big family COVID. trip, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. Somebody was uh, typhoid Mary and showed up and got us all sick. But it was Glenn. Just, <laughs> Glenn, it, dude, it was such a fun. I trip. hope you don't have a family member named Glenn. <laughs> there were no Glens at, okay. at that trip, but that would. Have been I hysterical. tried to pick a name that, like, I doubt he has a relative right, named Glenn right. that would feel singled out if Arturius. <laughs> Uh, Uncle Arcturus, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You did it again. <laughs> but yeah, dude, we had a super fun trip. Uh, Sarah's family is a blast. And dude, they go so hard. We were up until like four or five in the morning every night, like playing drinking games and stuff. And get Dang. up the next morning and do it again, man. And like, I can't hang the way they hang. Like next morning, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm laying in bed like, oh my God. <laughs> And like, they're texting us like, come on, the world cup's on. (laughs) We're drinking mimosas. Let's go. Air the dog. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, dude, super fun trip. Got COVID. It was worth it. Fair exchange. Okay. Anyway, you guys crushed it while I was gone. I'm glad you had a good time. Thanks, I'm glad man. you're back. I'm glad I'm glad that you're you're safe now and healthy now. <laughs> yep. And since Chris can't be here, who better to take the lead than me for yeah. Harry Potter, man? I'm this, super excited. This is your show, man. We're just living in it. You know it. You know it. It's been that way all along, all Steve. Along. You just didn't know it. It was Andy all along. Oh, I knew it. It's been it's been it's been Andy all along. <laughs> no, I, I'm fully aware of my place in this show, and for the most part, I'm like the third guy, and like I I have opinions, and for the most part, I kind of sit back and just enjoy the banter between you guys, and I love that I get to fill that role because somebody needs to be here to witness this. You know, I mean, it's like you guys You were far more than the third guy. You're Nicholas Holt in uh, fucking Mad Max. And I'm like Tom Hardy. And you point to me and you're like, witness me. And I just sit there and I do it. And it's amazing. Am I going to die? I hope not. Steve. <laughs> not for a long time. Spoilers for Mad Max. You're like in a hunt. You're when in your 130s. That's, that's when you're going to die. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to mm-hmm. jump in with some oop P. Oop P. Let's do it. Do Order you have any uh, background with this movie? Uh, no, um, I, again, with, with all these, I've only seen them all once each. Um, Did you see them all in theaters? I think I saw all of them except Half-Blood Prince in theaters. I think I ended up watching that, uh, shortly before Deathly Hallows Part 1 came out. Mm-hmm. That's right before Deathly Hallows Part 1, right? Uh, yes. Um, I, so I didn't see Half-Blood Prince in theaters, but all the other ones, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember seeing this in theaters. Just black out. How do you see seven or seven of the eight? I just, I mean, these movies aren't necessarily like my jam. Oh, um, I don't dislike them. I'm also, but I'm also kind of ambivalent towards them. Okay. And so like, they're fun to talk about. Like Harry Potter is one of those properties where it's fun to talk with people about it. Mm-hmm. It's just not as, I'm just not super into the movies. I, they don't, they don't grab me as the, the lore might. Okay. So if you and I were talking about the deep lore of Harry Potter or if I was reading the books or uh, some big uh, dissertation on like, oh, what did uh, Neville Longbottom get into after the Battle of Hogwarts? I'm like, yeah, what did he get into? I love Longbottom. <laughs> but, but watching the movies, they just don't grab me. 
um, as, as much. So I feel it. Um, for what it's worth, I think he became a herbology professor. He did. He so, did. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, so I, I remember seeing this and I had, I don't think I had read the book before I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause I had take, I had stopped reading the books at a certain point and I saw this movie before I read the book. Cause after that, I think it was after this movie, I like, Oh, I got to read these. Yeah. <laughs> that that didn't make it. a lot of sense. Let's see what it was supposed there, to. There's a point in the movie we'll get to that. I was like really kind of confused about. Mm-hmm. And this is something you've brought up in past episodes is like, how well do people who didn't read the books kind of pick up on certain things in the movies? Mm-hmm. And there was one thing that happened. We'll talk to it when we get there that I remember in the theater happening just, and I remember turning to my uh, then girlfriend at the time going, what, what? Uh, what, what was that? What, <laughs> what, ha- what just happened? <laughs> was that a thing? Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> I had always looked at this movie as one, one of, if not the most egregious, as far as like, what the fuck did you just put on screen compared to the book that we all read? And, uh, it's always been one of my least favorites. And so it's been super interesting going back through and rewatching all of these movies, not as a fan, but as somebody who's critiquing and, you know, breaking it down scene by scene and uh, trying to form opinions about something that I've seen so many times that anymore, it's just filler in the background. You know, like uh, I used to help my sister study for all of her nursing exams and stuff. And we would sit around and watch Harry Potter on repeat and (laughs) go over flashcards and stuff. And so like when I say that I've seen this movie like you know, 30, 40, 50 times, it's, I've actually really watched it maybe a dozen and the rest, it's just kind of been on in the background, you know? Uh, so going back, I've only seen this movie maybe a dozen times, (laughs) really, but really it's more like 50. Right. Well, you know, I'm a super fan for sure. (laughs) Harry Potter is to me what star Wars is to you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I thought that this movie had some of the worst adaptation, But going back and watching it again, especially after watching and uh, taking deep notes on Goblet of the Goblet of the Fire of Fire, um, thinking that I was going to be on that episode and then, you know, getting sick, uh, Goblet of Fire uh, definitely drops the ball a whole lot worse than this one. And this one's a lot more cohesive and like Mm kind of, you know, follows the book fairly well. I mean, they do have to cut a lot out because it is the longest book by a lot. And so um, there's a lot of stuff that had to go, but this movie kind of being like the teen or the story being kind of like the teenage angst one, like (laughs) Harry's uh, hit puberty and he's dealing a lot with his uh, inner turmoils. Uh, It, a lot of it that they were able to cut were things that, you know, would not have translated to screen anyway. But uh, yeah, I thought they did pretty good with it. Anyway, what do you think? Should we dive right in? Let's do it, my man. Steve, did you watch these with subtitles on? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. You did. Yeah. So then you saw it opens with ominous, eerie tones. Yes, of course. You can't start off a uh, a latter Harry Potter movie without uh, ominous, eerie tones. Right. So, uh, we start with ominous, eerie tones and we get the, uh, the wonderful WB logo and they kind of, you know, created the format of put up the WB and let's zoom through it and then we'll show you the title. And then they always have something in the background. This time it's a little orb 
that's uh, shining the light behind the Harry Potter logo. Mm. And we'll find out later what that, what that eerie orb is. Do you have a prophecy um, that might tell us what that is? You know, I, I, I might, I might, <laughs> you know, I think that it might be uh, something that's going to play into the plot later. I don't know why I went into my Dementor voice <laughs> or I stole your Dementor voice. Oh, tell me more about these it. orbs. These orbs are so shiny. They got a whole hallway full of them. Oh my goodness. You, I would hate to be the one who has to dust all that. <laughs> you gotta go dust all that. You can't touch it. You if can't, it ain't about you. You can't touch it. <laughs> you walk through and you're just like, dang, that's dusty. But that ain't about me. Ain't nobody dusty. They got to call each and every person who's about me. Like, hey, you got to come dust your shelf. This is just a nightmare to organize. <laughs> this is going to be dusty in here. We're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> so um, we uh, open on a barren, dead, sunny park. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize there were areas of England that were uh, desolate wastelands. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> it's this huge park that like, you know, they haven't been watering the grass. It's it's real hot out. You you hear some uh, like newscasters talking about the weather and stuff like it's a hot one. They're talking like pulling like a uh, Santana. Man, it's a hot one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's just a giant desolate, like really creepy shitty park in yeah. a giant field. I love that it's a giant field and then they maybe have like a 20 foot by 20 foot plot where they've put like a swing set <laughs> and a slide. And a merry-go-round. Yeah, and then a path, that, a walking path to it. You have to walk like two miles through this field to get <laughs> to yeah. get to that. There's a wide shot where you can see like, that, like houses kind of nearby and if the right. path went that way it would make more sense because that's where the people live. <laughs> the path just kind of goes off into the, the the nethers. And somewhere nearby, there's a tunnel, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we open on that park. Harry's hanging out. Uh, he's just, you know, swinging on the swing set like you do when you're 15. Doesn't have anything else to do. You're moody. Yeah, yeah. He's moody. He's upset about life. And then Big D shows up. And I just have to say, Big D. Big D. Wow. That, that's the nickname that they decided to go with, huh? I mean, I mean I, it's, I, it's puberty, you know? Yeah, so. when, when I was that age, if someone could call me Big D, I right. would be like, yeah, get let's let's make that work. Yeah, make yeah. that happen. You Spread that around. So Big D shows up, and uh, he and his gang of cronies just go stand in front of Harry and just giggle. And, <laughs> and so Harry's like, what up, Big D? You've been beating up some 10-year-olds? And he's like, this one deserved it. I, this dude, so the dude that plays uh, Dudley, he has gone on to be a very good actor. He's not there yet, but uh, so he he's just giggling, saying that he's been beaten up on some ten year olds. I kind of want to know what that ten year old did to deserve it. Dude, for real, <laughs> he's like, I've seen it. It ain't so big. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Big D, uh, starts making fun of Harry and Harry's apparently been having nightmares. He's been screaming at night. Mm -hmm. Don't kill Cedric. Who's mom, Cedric, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me, mom. Where's your mom? Pa uh, is she dead? It's pretty fucked up, man. Seriously. Like cousin. <laughs> I, we, we, we cover a lot of movies like this where some child has some sort of trauma where a parent has died and yeah. then their peers, their young peers are like, you know what will make this kid feel like shit? <laughs> Bring it up. That's remind of that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Kids are fucking vicious, man. They really are. Umbridge says later in this uh, movie, you know, I really do hate children and she ain't wrong. They're, they're pretty awful. 
So anyway, uh, Harry gets all pissed off at Cedric or at Dudley for uh, talking shit about Cedric and his parents, <laughs> and he draws his wand, and uh, that shuts Dudley right up because Dudley knows what's up. He knows that uh, Harry can fuck him up anytime he wants. Harry's the big D. So uh, Harry draws his wand on uh, Dudley uh, for being being a real prick, and Dudley uh, shuts right up because he knows what's up. Harry's gonna gonna fuck him up. Uh, and as soon as Harry does that, the sky suddenly goes overcast and like the color palette changes. It's all been like dry yellow. All of a sudden it's real dark blue. The store, it gets all stormy. And then Dudley's friends just bail. They're like, it's going to rain. We ain't got no umbrellas. We got to get out of here. We out of here D. Uh, and so, uh, Dudley asks Harry, like, what are you doing? And Harry says, I'm not doing anything. And so they just book it. And then they start running through, like we said, it's like a two mile field that they got to run through. And I love it goes like all shaky cam and stuff. They're like, something's coming. We don't know what it is. So they run, uh, they stumble into a big tunnel. There's a tunnel somewhere at the end of that, you know, park field. And uh, they just stop for some reason. It, It starts to rain while they're running. They just stop dead in this tunnel. And they're like, dang, this is a creepy tunnel. There's graffiti. We probably shouldn't be here, huh? Mm. And we see uh, the lights that are lining the tunnel start to frost over. And we've seen this before. Dun, dun, dun. We've seen this before. The lights start to flicker. And, uh, Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. we get young boys, a pretty effective jump scare. A Dementor suddenly swoops over Harry's shoulder and grabs him and like pins him up on the, uh, on the wall there. And he just starts sucking him off. <laughs> He's just like, you oh, know you what? must be the Harry Potter. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I just want to give you a little kiss. <laughs> oh, you dropped your wand. <laughs> and uh, Harry yells to Dudley. He's like, Dudley, run. Dudley runs like two feet. And then it, the hallway is apparently a slip and slide. He slips, falls, slides down the whole goddamn tunnel uh, <laughs> up to another Dementor. There's more than one of them. Harry's fighting his way, uh, at, trying to fight his way out of the grip of the Dementor. Dementor's trying to suck him off. He just wants to be friends. Harry doesn't know that so harry pokes him in the face with his wand he hasn't dropped his wand yet but he drops his wand after this he pokes that dementor in the face the oh like, i wish he would have dropped it earlier he's <laughs> like ow and so uh he the mentor drops harry harry gets his wand back and he busts out the spell that we saw in uh prisoner basketball he busts out that expecto patronum expecto patronum although it's not a deer in this case for some reason it's just kind of a glowy orb but they they use it really effectively. I love how like the way that they use magic kind of changes uh, between movies depending on who's directing it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Harry summons his uh, specto patronum cloud, and he kind of like wherever he points it is where it goes, and he like kind of zips it down the tunnel, and it knocks the other one away from Dudley. And uh, you see the Dementors like kind of swoop out of the tunnel. They're like, "Bye, we'll see you later." Oh, um, I didn't know we were doing Patronuses. <laughs> Oh, y'all fuck around. That's not cool, man. <laughs> I was just trying to give you a kiss and you go at me with that. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Azkaban and tell you you were a naughty boy. So a random character shows up who we've never met before. We've heard about them in the books, but up to this point, uh, we've never met in the movies. Mrs. Fig. Mrs. Fig is the neighbor across the street from Harry over at number four Privet Drive. She shows up and she says, don't put away your wand, Harry. There might be more of them. Yeah, Mrs. Fig, uh, also in um, Andor. Is she? Yeah, she is uh, also in Andor. Was she a cat lady in Andor too? Basically, she's a helicopter mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of all we know about uh, about Mrs. Fig. Really, in the um, in the book, she's actually a squib, so she's part of the wizarding world, but can't do magic. 
So she kind of lives amongst the muggles, but still, you know, has ties in the wizarding world, even though she's not really a part of it. So if you're a squib, do you just become like servant to the wizarding class? Like Filch is the janitor and she's just a narc? Kind of. (laughs) I mean, so like they don't have a lot of like handy capable accessibility in the wizarding world. So like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, if, if you can't do magic, like how do you get around? Like you can't fly, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they can use brooms, uh, but they definitely can't apparate. Maybe they can use flu powder. I don't know, honestly. Uh, but yeah, so she, uh, has, uh, she's introduced in the first book. Uh, she is, like I said, the cat lady across the street and, uh, Harry occasionally, uh, gets babysat by her when the Dursleys take Dudley out like for his birthday and stuff. Um, And I think in the first book she had like broken her wrist or something. And that's why Harry ended up going to the zoo with Dudley on his birthday. Anyway, Mrs. Fig shows up and she tells Harry, don't put away your wand. She kind of walks with Harry kind of watching over him, Mm -hmm. bringing him back to (laughs) is is Harry carrying Dudley like bodyguard style. He is like, he's got (laughs) Dudley weighs like 400 pounds and he's got his arm over Harry's shoulders. I was misremembering that. I literally thought he was like holding him like that. (laughs) No, he's misremembering that Dudley's kind of just like wandering. He's all, you know, loopy and out of it. Uh, He's yumpy as uh, Vernon says here in a little bit. I, I love that, uh, that term. Uh, so Harry helps Dudley back, uh, and Mrs. Fig says that, you know, did you think that Dumbledore was going to leave you to your own devices after everything that went down last year? He asked me to keep an eye on you. Not that she could have done shit because she's squib, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, she just says, you know, she takes him back and says, hey, you know, stay in the house. Um, uh, Harry takes Dudley inside, and Aunt Petunia is sitting there with her little fan. She's pulling so, off. Wait, sorry to derail this. Does that mean Aunt Petunia is a squib? Uh, no. So, uh, Harry's mom was, uh, she's like Hermione. She was, uh, born to a muggle family and just happened to be a witch that otherwise she's the first witch in the family. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, uh, Harry helps Dudley inside and, uh, the Dursleys see that Harry, that Dudley's all fucked up and they're like, what's wrong with him? What, what, what'd you do? And Harry's like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) And they say, Dudley, who did this to you? And Dudley just points over at Harry. He's what a big D. Yeah. You know, big douchebag. What a big douche. That's what the D stands for. Uh, Harry just saved him. So Harry's saying he didn't do anything. Dudley, it turns out, we'll find out here in a little bit, did not see the Dementors. So uh, non-magic people can't see them. So Mm. he doesn't know what just happened. He just knows that they went for a little jog and then everything went all yumpy while they were in that tunnel. Um, So while uh, Harry is there being accused, a uh, letter flies in and it's an awful lot like the... uh, um, howler, howler that, that they Ron. that they had gotten in the uh, second one, but this one's from Mafalda Hopkirk, who uh, pleasantly informs Harry that he's been expelled for uh, violating the statute of secrecy for uh, using a Patronus charm in front of a Muggle. So Harry's all pissed off. The Dursleys uh, shuffle. Justice. <laughs> they they shuffle uh, Dudley into the car. They're going to take him to the hospital or something. I love Mrs. Fig is watching from across the street and uh, Vernon just like mouths something like, at her. I don't know about this kid. He's all fucked up. I'm going to get him in. He's all yumpy. <laughs> He's all yumpy. Uh, so Which Harry, is what you do to your neighbor. <laughs> My kids, I, I don't really want to talk to you. He's all yumpy. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Harry is an angsty teenager and he's inside and he starts kicking some shit. He accidentally breaks a picture of his parents, 
but then he picks it up and he's all sad and he sits down and he goes to sleep. Uh, when he goes to sleep, he, uh, has dreams and memories. The movie's just reminding us, Hey, Cedric passed away. Yada, yada. Um, Harry wakes the up. The dark Lord hath returned. Yes, indeed. Uh, Harry wakes up. He's hearing a bunch of noises in his house, uh, and, uh, hears people outside of his door. The door unlocks itself. If I was him, I would be freaking out a little bit more, but he's like, okay, well, let's just see what's happening. The lock undoes, the door opens and, uh, in walks the, most of the members of the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. We have, uh, Nymphadora Tonks. Yes. The introduction of a fan favorite character. We don't have our Lord and Savior's Cedric Diggory as Hufflepuffs. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll take Nymphadora Tonks. Yeah. Was she a Hufflepuff? I bet she was. Tonks is a puff. Is she a puff? Oh, we claim her. She's got big puff energy. That's fair. <laughs> we That's love fair. Nymphadora. So it's Who's Nymphadora. the actress that plays Nymphadora? I really like her. Oh God, you put me on the spot. I can't remember her name. She's also in uh, Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember I'll look the it up. She's, name, but she's she really is, good. She is wonderful. And so she's there. Uh, we see, we meet for the first real time, Mad-Eye Moody. He's there as yeah. well, and he's pretty much exactly the same. So uh, Barty Crouch Jr. definitely crushed it when he was playing his part. Um, and uh, Kingsley Shacklebolt is there, and two unnamed people who we never see again. What a great name. What's Kingsley name? Shacklebolt? Oh, Kingsley, yes. Oh, but uh, Nymphadora Tonks is played by Natalia Tenna. Natalia Tenna. Okay, mm -hmm. well, yeah, she crushed it. And yeah. everybody had been super looking forward to the introduction of this character. because she's a, she's a metamorph magus, which means that she can change aspects of her face and features and her hair at any time. So you see that later, uh, she's sitting at the dinner table. She can make her nose look like a pig snout and she can change the color of her hair and stuff. She's super cool, mm -hmm. but she's very clumsy anyway. So Mad-Eye Kingsley, uh, and Tonks and the two unnamed people show up and they tell Harry, your expulsion has been suspended pending a hearing. Dumbledore was able to get them to, uh, you know, uh, hear him out before they expel him uh, and they're going to take him someplace safe. Uh, they summon some brooms and then they just fucking fly around London. Like they're like, he got expelled for violating the statue of secrecy. And then they go fly at like eye level across the river, <laughs> like past all of these boats and stuff. It was nighttime. Andy. They literally fly in front of parliament. It's a really cool shot. I have to admit. And that's why they did it. But Andy, but, it was nighttime. Muggles oh, can't yeah. see it. They night. can't see it at night. Yeah. That's just facts. Yeah. All of them. Here's a, I want you to do a little experiment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Listener, if it's dark out where you are, walk outside and just look around. Can't see shit. Mm, I'm a thing. Unless you're not a muggle. There's wizards zooming around. You ain't know. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> what? What? Was that the chosen one? <laughs> Dang, she had really cool hair. <laughs> that guy looks like he has one mad eye. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, so anyway, they fly to a little townhouse at a place called, I don't know if they- 12 Grimmauld Place. 12 Grimmauld Place. I don't know if they ever say where they are. Or the address, but yes, it is number twelve. I'm just Grimmauld looking at place. the uh, the Harry Potter wiki yep. plot summary right now. <laughs> that is correct. So number twelve, Grimmauld Place. Is... I was. I didn't want you to think I just knew that. Right. <laughs> I, I would have. You know, I I respected you a little bit more just now. I you, I didn't deserve it. You had some cred in my esteem for just a moment. <laughs> so they get to number twelve, Grimmauld place. It's a really cool shot. Mad Eye like just stamps his uh, walking staff on the ground, and then this the building like separates and like recedes out and it reveals there's an extra 
a little townhouse there. Mm-hmm. And like, you see all the muggles like sitting there watching TV and everything's vibrating, but they, they don't notice nothing because mm-hmm. they're, they're just muggles. They can't see at night anyway. It's, it's nighttime. They can't see. <laughs> uh, so they go inside. Um, Whoa. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did she find Annie? What did she find? Oh God. She, she was, <laughs> she was very adamant about disrupting the show. Uh, I don't see anything. Was that yours? I don't, was it mine? No. Um, anyway. I don't think so. Anyway, Siri, uh, Siri popped in. <laughs> so they go inside number 12, Grimald Place. Harry uh, can hear a bunch of people talking in the kitchen. Uh, and he sees briefly Sirius sitting there at the kitchen table. And uh, Mrs. Weasley comes out and shuts the door behind her. Harry has questions, but she ain't having none of it. She's like, no, nope, you go upstairs. We'll talk about this after the meeting's over. Harry starts wandering upstairs. He sees Creature. Uh, Creature is uh, another uh, house elf. I think it's the first one that we've been introduced to in the movie since Dobby. And I've never, what? I've never been so offended He's by a, a movie why? because it because Creature is just me. <laughs> <laughs> Min- mud minus the racism, blood traitors, <laughs> my mistress, just running around like uh, my poor mistress, my poor mistress, <laughs> very upset. Cre- creature will make it right, oh, of course, Mister Potter. Oh, That's a really good creature voice, creature. Man. God, you crush it every time. <laughs> so Harry passes creature, and I never noticed this before, but uh, he actually wanders up to a uh, portrait on the wall that is being covered, and you can hear that portrait talking to him and she says it's a bunch of freaks not the way it was in my day and that's a a lot bigger part in the book that's like uh um i can't remember if it's like sirius's uh mother i think it's his mother uh it's her portrait uh in the house that he has like covered up and anytime like people walk through the hallway they have to be really quiet in the book because they might wake up uh, uh, Mrs. Black and wake up her portrait and then like the uh, curtains fly open. She starts screaming about mud bloods and traitors. Just, just, just throwing all the racial slurs. Go to bed, there. grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I had never noticed that before that she actually does make an appearance in the movie. And I thought that that was pretty cool. So, uh, Harry, uh, walks past creature upstairs and uh, he runs into uh, Ron and Hermione and Harry's like, well, where the fuck are we? And they're like, we're at the, uh, the headquarters of the order of the Phoenix. Mm. And Oot P. We are at the headquarters of the Oot P <laughs> the Oot P house. It's, it's a super you secret done with club. OTP? <laughs> it's a super secret club. The Dumbledore formed uh, to try to combat uh, he who must not be named. Um, so, uh, Harry, uh, is kind of a miserable fuck in this movie. And he's like, suppose y'all couldn't tell me none of this in a letter, huh? I'm only the one that fucking fought Voldemort last year, but who the fuck am I? Obviously I don't need to know shit. It's cool. Uh, so he's pissed at them and they're like, but you know, I I honestly, I agree with Harry on this one. Like everyone's too like, he's just a boy. (laughs) Like, and it's like, no, you should tell him his life is in danger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of messed up that you're all being like. Oh, I'm Dumbledore. I'm not going to talk to him all fucking year. We know you just went through the most traumatic experience of your life and you're going to years of therapy ahead of you to try to, you know, unpack everything that just went down. But we're kind of just going to ghost you for this. He's just a boy. He's just a boy. 
you shouldn't have done that. You just a boy. Creature knows uh, just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Got biscuits and mustard. <laughs> uh, so Ron and Hermione, they say, uh, we wanted to tell you, but Dumbledore made us swear that we wouldn't. Uh, it's his super secret club and we got to do what he says. Uh, Fred and George apparate out of nowhere. They're of age now. And so now they're allowed to do magic outside of school. They apparate and they're like, we thought we heard your dulcet tones, Harry. Anyway, if you guys are done bitching about shit, you guys want to go listen to something more interesting. Is that a direct quote? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly <laughs> what they said. So they go out into the hallway. They're upstairs and they drop down extendable ears. It's a little, little wire just with a big human ear at the end of it. Gross. Whose ear is that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that, that looks way too lifelike. It did look really lifelike. Uh, and so they're listening in on the Order of the Phoenix meeting. Uh, Harry overhears that Snape is in there and he's like, dang, mm. Snape's part of the order. I'm down with Oopt P. Obviously. Obviously. Um, so uh, they're listening in at the meeting for a second and then Crookshanks uh, shows up and rips the ear off. Uh, so whoever's ear that was, it's now just Crookshanks' dinner. That's Crookshanks' ear and, now. And there's a little ADR of Ron going, I really hate your cat, Hermione. And I love that because <laughs> Crookshanks is, cats suck in general, but Crookshanks sucks especially. <laughs> Crookshanks has had really good instincts in the series so far. Yeah, for real. Crookshanks was the first one to know, hey, there's something up with that rat, All right, Not mm-hmm. a fan of it. Maybe it saw that ear was like someone murdered someone's ear. <laughs> Van Gogh's somewhere and needs this yeah. back. We need to give this back to him like now. Yeah. He might have just saved everybody's lives and we don't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the meeting's over. Uh, Harry and everybody go down to dinner and um, the whole order's there, or at least most of them. Son Snape. Uh, without Snape. Snape he, has He been. couldn't stay for dinner. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he ain't interested in none of that fucking mother food. I fare. ordered the takeout. <laughs> I'm getting Indian. Uh, so, uh, Tiki masala is what I will have, obviously. <laughs> what spice level? Four. Four. <laughs> 394. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> I just want to see Snape chowing down on some Tiki masala. <laughs> I'll have the garlic naan. <laughs> a mango lassi. <laughs> he fucking loves that mango lassi. Um, so Harry sits down uh, with the order and he finds out uh, pretty quickly that the ministry has been on a smear campaign. Uh, he and in the wake of uh, the Triwizard Tournament and uh, Cedric dying, they, you know, came out and said, hey, Voldemort's back. And Fudge is like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. no, he ain't. Fake so, news, daddy. So the government's been leaning on the press, as they were wont to do, and basically saying that Harry's full of shit, and so is Dumbledore. Uh, and Harry uh, talks to the the order for a little bit, and they're like, yo, we think that Voldemort's trying to recruit people. Uh, we're trying to do the same. Sirius is trying to tell him what's been going on, but uh, he, he, he's just a boy. Um, he's just a boy, He's Sirius. just a boy. My boy! He's practically uh, one of my boys. I'm Molly Weasley. <laughs> Dude, I love how motherly she is towards him. And they go into that a lot more in the book. And it's mm-hmm. so sweet. And as an adult now, like, as a kid, I didn't give a shit. But now as an adult, like, the adult characters are uh, more affecting to me. And Mrs. Weasley especially. Oh, yeah. The Order of the Phoenix is, like, just a great little crew of the Harry Potter adult characters Surrogate that you actually parents. really care about. Like, yeah. uh Sirius, Molly, Arthur, Lupin, uh, and now Tonks, and then Mad Eye's in there. Like all, like the coolest adult characters yeah. are in there. I told you, man, it's the Dumby Club. The like, Dumby Club, yeah, like every the Dumby Dorables. All the cool people go hang out there. Um, so Sirius is wanting to tell Harry what's going on. He starts uh, hinting at 
what Voldemort's trying to do. And he says that he's trying to get something, something he didn't have last time. And Harry's like, that's like a weapon. And love. Sirius is like, maybe <laughs> love. That's all I wanted was love. <laughs> and the Harry Potter Lego set. Um, 3,000 pieces at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> What was the, it has a chamber of secrets. <laughs> it's so dope. <laughs> See if you lift up this little thing right here, there's a chamber down there. <laughs> um, so Molly shuts it down. She's like, he's just a boy. Uh, we can't tell him what's up. And Harry's like, no, fuck that. If we're going to fight, I want to fight. Um, but uh, yeah, she's not having it. So um, Harry and Mr. Weasley, we cut to Harry and Mr. Weasley uh, go to the ministry. They're going to Harry's, uh, his trial in front of the Wizengamot. Uh, you see Harry and- Is that Harry. what that's called? The Wizengamot is like the uh, the court. That um, sounds like some Dune shit. I know, right? Dude, it's <laughs> badass. Um, so uh, we see uh, Harry and Mr. Weasley like making their way to the guest entrance for the Ministry of Magic. You see Mr. Weasley like riding down an escalator that he's never he's never been on one before and like he's all nervous. I like, oh my him. God, these fucking stairs are moving. This is insane. I love him. And like uh, Harry- I love how that freaks him out, but the stairs at Hogwarts don't. Oh, right. You yeah. know? <laughs> uh, and Harry like helps him get through like the turnstile when they're in the underground uh, to get on the train and stuff. And he's like, train's underground. The fucking muggles know everything. This is super cool. Uh, and they work their way up to a, a phone booth and, uh, he uses his muggle money to get into the, uh, the secret entrance. It like drops down like an elevator and brings them into the, into the ministry of magic. Fun fact in the book, when they, uh, are using the, uh, visitor entrance, they have to enter a code, uh, with the numbers. And if did I just steal your thunder here. I was going to say, it's in the movie, too. If you pay attention to the buttons he's pressing, it's oh, that. Oh, yeah. it spells out magic? Yeah. Oh, dang. Mm -hmm. I, I, I uh, looked away and was typing my notes at it and did not remember that that happens in the movie as well. That's awesome. Uh, but yes, uh, in, in the book, they don't say that he's typing out magic. They just tell you what numbers he's hitting. Mm -hmm. And so if you look look it up, then yes, it's spelled out magic. And that was super cool. So they uh, go into the uh, Ministry of Magic. They join, they're walking past with all the people. They get on an elevator. Uh, he, uh, Arthur points out like the interdepartmental mem memos, which are just like paper airplanes that fly around. He's like, we used to use owls, you know, the mess that we the used mess. to make. They used to shit everywhere. Um, and then Kingsley gets on the elevator with them. He whispers in Arthur's ear and Ar he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, Harry, they changed the time of your hearing. It's in five minutes. It's supposed to be in a couple of hours. And they were there early. Uh, so classic, they, classic uh, political games. Dude, for real, they were going to like charge him like in absentia or however you pronounce that. And like, dang, yeah. you know, they're, they're trying to uh, lock him up, as they say. Uh, so, uh, they go to the department of mysteries, which is where the, uh, Wizengamot, uh, holds their trials, uh, as they're walking up to the Wizengamot door, uh, Harry and Arthur oversee Lucius Malfoy, uh, whispering in the ear of Fudge, uh, basically saying, I hope you do the right thing, which is like, yeah, expel Harry or yeah, arrest him. You know what? Just execute him. That's probably what we should that would do. Be, yeah, that'd be best. You got all these dementies here and they're, uh, looking for some kisses. Um, so they get up to the door. Uh, Arthur says that he's not allowed to go in. Harry has to go in by himself. So he has to go into the Wizengamot chamber. Harry sits down in the, uh, the, the throne in the center of the room. And there's like 50 witches and wizards up on the, uh, in, in the dais, uh, mm -hmm. uh, looking down on Harry. Uh, they start the, tr the trial and then Dumbledore shows up. Albus Percival Wolfric. 
Brian Dumbledore. He's been ghosting Harry this whole time, but mm-hmm. he's, his, he's his counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dumbledore shows up and he says, what are the charges? And What are the charges? What are the charges? Uh, Fudge says uh, that Harry did, uh, knowing full well that he was breaking the law, cast Patronus in front of uh, a bunch of- Did he exercise caution? <laughs> <laughs> that was not a very cautious thing to do. <laughs> Uh, Harry is trying to explain what's going on, but uh, Fudge keeps talking over him. And then Harry's like, I only did it because of the Dementors. And he's like, ah, Dementors, see, that's clever because, and then this is where we find out, Muggles can't see Dementors. So uh, uh, they can't, he says that- Where's your proof? I'm you sure witness? I'm, I'm sure that this was a very well-rehearsed story, but you you can't produce a witness. And Dumbledore's like, actually we can. And then they bust out Mrs. Fig. She sits down, they're like, so tell us about the attack. Uh, describe them and she starts to describe uh, Harry and Dudley. She's like, well, one was pretty fat and the other one, <laughs> the other one's sitting right there. And they're like, no, no, tell us about the Dementors. And then she's like, well, they were cloaked and they were hooded and they, they had these they southern were de- They were Dementors. I, 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 what do you want me to say? <laughs> they had this southern accent. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so she starts to describe what it was like. And uh, um, Fudge interjects and he says like, uh, Dementors don't just wander around a suburb and find a wizard and, uh, Dumbledore's like, yeah, obviously not. So you should probably find out why that's happening. And, uh, this is where we're introduced to Dolores Umbridge. She's part dun, of, dun, dun. <laughs> she's part of the, uh, Wizengamot. And she says, I'm so sorry. It seemed like you were kind of implying that the ministry are the ones that did this. And Dumbledore's like, uh, yeah. Looking at you, Umbridge. That's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Take an umbrage with you, umbrage. And they don't say it in the movie, I don't think, at all. But umbrage was the one that sent the Dementors in the first place. Yeah. And I don't think that they ever bring that up, which is really Do they bring that up in later movies, though? Uh, I think they might bring that up in a later movie. Not that I recall. No? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh-huh. Be a lot cooler if they did. Yeah, she's like, like uh, she is great in terms of, like, the actress that's playing her is so good at mm-hmm. just being this like just awful human being that just drives you nuts. And you just yeah. want to see the like, worst things happen. <laughs> like sickly sweet woman, you know, everybody has worked with somebody like this. They, yeah. Uh, what, what is this actress's name? Uh, Melda Staunton. Uh, she is incredible as Umbridge. And I, th- they I think could she's not currently the queen in the crown. Is she really? She's the, she's the elder queen. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, basically says like, yo, are you accusing us? And Dumbledore's like, yeah, kinda. Um, and so they, uh, basically they say, all right, raise your hand. Do you think Harry did it or not? And, or should we clear him of all charges? And he gets cleared. Mm -hmm. Um, Harry wants to talk to Dumbledore. Dumbledore's been ghosting him this whole time. He's like, yo, I'm still pretty fucked up about Cedric. And I really need somebody to talk to. Ninja smoke. I don't hear you. La, 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 la. (laughs) Is it gone? Is he looking? No, shit. So uh, we cut to Harry. Uh, wait, hang on. Oh, oh ha- we cut to Harry uh, going to King's Cross. He's about to head into uh, head to Hogwarts. Uh, he's being escorted across King's C- Cross Station by the uh, Order of the Phoenix. And then a, a big old fluffy dog wanders up next to him. And they're like, Patfoot, what are you doing? You shouldn't be here. Harry and uh, Sirius uh, go into a side room and talk for a little bit. And basically, it's a wasted, pointless scene. But uh, Sirius is just like, hey, I just wanted to give you this picture. All right, bye. Uh, he shows him a picture of the original Order of the Phoenix, the old Dumby party. The O-O-O-T-P. The <laughs> <laughs> the, the original order of the Phoenix. Um, so uh, uh, 
Sirius points out uh, Frank and Neville Longbottom, uh, who were Neville's parents, mm-hmm. and uh, says that they suffered a fate worse than death. He points out uh, Molly McKinnon, who we never know. Who uh, died like a week after that photo was taken. Some, somebody got killed, uh, basically. Uh, the most important thing is, I think that happens in here is Harry's like, so, like, is this really happening? And uh, Sirius is like, it feels like it did before. And I suppose you guys are the young ones now. You know, you're the ones that are going to have to fight this fight. Mm-hmm. Um so Harry uh, gets on the train. Uh, we see this really cool vision of uh, Harry like wandering next to the Hogwarts Express. And down at the end of the train, we see uh, Voldemort just dressed to the nines. He's wearing like oh, he's looking so fly. three-piece all-black suit. And yeah. he's just like, oh, fuck. Did I you know about my drip? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know I had it in me, did you? Uh, and he does this uh, recurring uh, physical thing that we see throughout the rest of the movie where he starts like stretching his neck. He goes all snaky for a second, um, but it's just a really cool vision. And I, I love that they just rode this kind of stuff in. Yeah. Um, so Harry gets on the Hogwarts Express. Wanted to Express. Look fly for you, for you to leave. <laughs> wanted to send you off right and proper. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, so they get on the train station, uh, get on the train, they get on the train, uh, they, uh, travel to Hogwarts. Harry gets off, uh, the train, Malfoy shows up, he talks some shit and Harry punks him. He's like, mm, come on, I'll fuck, fight you. And Malfoy's <laughs> like, oh God, I don't want no smoke. And, uh, bails. Um, Harry yells like, just stay away from me. And he, Harry watches Cho, Cho Chang, who we uh, met in the last movie, ride off on a carriage. Uh, Neville shows up. He's holding this big goofy cactus. He's like, sup guys. And they're like, sup Neville. And then Harry turns around and there's big skeleton horse leaned down looking at him. And Harry's like, oh my God, what is that? And everybody's like, what is what? And then we're introduced to Luna Lovegood who's sitting there on the carriage. He's like, I can see them too. They're nestrals. They're with Astrals. And she's, I love her. She's reading the Quibbler upside down. That's the uh, magazine that her dad writes and publishes. I'm really interested. So when Harry watches Cho ride away in the carriage, she's riding a carriage that is not being pulled by anything. And it's like from then on, Harry can see the Thestrals. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe they just didn't want to introduce those spectrally horses yet. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, wait, what it's do you mean? plot hole. Why, why does it make sense? So the carriages are pulled by Thestrals. Are pulled by Thestrals. Yes. They seemingly pull themselves. Right. Harry always thought that, but now that he has seen death, he can see Thestrals. Yes. When he watches Cho Chang right away on a carriage, there's nothing pulling it. Oh, okay. And then from then on- I see what you're saying. He yeah. can see the Thestrals that are pulling the carriages. I see what so you're saying. I feel like there's a plot hole, a visual plot hole. That's probably more of a visual storytelling for the audience more than- yeah, anything, but That's yeah, it fair. does create a plot hole. You're right. I do love uh, Luna though. She's so Luna's amazing. She's, she's legit, like one of the best characters ever. Mm-hmm. Like, and immediately the moment she opens her mouth, you're like, favorite. Yep, <laughs> you favorite. Ten points to your. Is it Ravenclaw? Ten points to Ravenclaw. Ten points to Ravenclaw. just for your existence, <laughs> dude. She really is one of the uh, most lovable characters, and I, I'm really happy with the casting choice for her. Uh, and that that girl has absolutely crushed it in life since then. Um, 
Luna's amazing. She gets introduced by Hermione as Looney Lovegood. And like Hermione's like, you can tell that's the nickname that everybody uses for her. And Hermione's mm-hmm. like, oh my fucking God, I said it out loud. I can't believe oh, I God. just fucking did that. I'm the drama. <laughs> uh, Hermione compliments her necklace and uh, Luna says, it's not a necklace, it's a charm and it keeps away the nargles. I love, I love this ongoing joke of the nargles. It's so <laughs> funny. Real quick, um, I was looking up like little trivia bits of this of this movie beforehand, but the reason why Luna has the the paper upside down is if you look closely on one of the texts, she's trying to solve a puzzle. It's like that's in the paper says like flip upside down to solve the riddle. Oh, that's it's cool. not just her being weird reading right. upside down. She's trying to solve a riddle. Right. But to to the onlooker, it looks like she's uh, just crazy. She says, yeah. you're just as sane as I am yeah. sitting there reading it upside down. That's and then awesome. I don't know if it's this scene or if it's later on in the movie, but there's a scene where they're with the carriages, you don't see the Thestrals. And like, it's a track, I think Harry's in front and a bunch of people are walking with him, like behind him. At the end of the movie? Oh, maybe it is at the end of the movie. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, at the end of the movie, like you see one of the, I think it's the Patil sisters. She, they like pretend to bump into something in the background, but there's nothing there. Oh, really? Like implying that she bumped into a, a Thestral. That she oh, can't that's see. cool. Like if you look in the background, you can see her just kind of like boom and just kind of look around like the hell and like keep walking. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now I got to go back and watch it again. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I know I mentioned to you off air, but I've been watching these with my girlfriend. And so uh, I watched this movie like two or three weeks ago. And uh, when I found out that it was just going to be you and me recording, I had to watch it again for uh, to take these deep dive notes. Um, but I didn't catch that. And now I want to do it again. again. And I'm going to. Another one. Uh, let's see. So we get to the welcome feast uh, and we see Seamus Finnegan there. And he is mean mug and hairy. He is shooting daggers out of his eyeballs. Uh, Dumbledore uh, starts his announcements. He says that Hagrid's on temporary leave and Professor Grubbly Plank will be filling in. Grubbly Plank. Grubbly Plank. Uh, He introduces uh, Professor Umbridge and she says, oh, she's going to be our new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. (laughs) Anyway. (coughs) Thank you so much for that wonderful, warm introduction. Uh, and so she stands up Can and you makes do the a rest speech. of the recap in that voice. <laughs> Thank you so much. She gives a speech saying how the practices that should be prohibited. I regret this decision. <laughs> uh, so she uh, basically just stands up and says, hey, I'm here and we're interfering at Hogwarts now. Uh, and Hermione uh, summarizes as much and uh, lets the gang know. And Dumbledore is like, that was super illuminating. Thank you for that. Anyway, and then moves on with his speeches. Um we do see Filch like applauding really hard. Like, yes, thank God somebody's here to finally fucking- somebody understands these kids are getting <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> they keep giving them points and they should be giving them a mop <laughs> to help me clean the bathrooms. <laughs> me and Mrs. Norris, love my life. <laughs> Can't wait to tell Mrs. Norris about what a great day I had. <laughs> 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 You'll never believe what happened today, my lucky lady. I unclogged the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Them kids taking shit. I I love the progression of Filch as a character because when we were first introduced to him, like all the way back in the first movie, he is kind of this like, oh, that's the creepy groundskeeper. Like, Mm. don't uh, don't mess with him. But, but but the the movies get progressively more and more serious, but Filch gets more and more insane where he's like doing this weird little 
run. Like, I think, I think the, that was the the a run, of fire. Yeah, like he's, he's like, like holding <laughs> his heart and shit. <laughs> the weird little run, and he's like firing cannons and falling over. And then in this movie, he's like getting on like ridiculously unsafe ladders yeah. and <laughs> putting up decrees. It's it's funny because like he like because they use him more and more as like comedic relief, but it's also in a way kind of like how the kids see him. Yeah, like when you're a first year or second year. It's ha, like, ha, look at that squib. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, it's, it's, he's like, you know, a, um, a a figure in power and somebody to be feared uh, when you're a child. And then as you get a little older, it's like, oh, no, he's just like the silly old janitor that unclogs the toilets and loves his cat. Um, but, yeah, you do see him applauding uh, um, Professor Umbridge's uh, announcements, basically saying that she's going to fuck shit up at the school. Uh, so after the welcome feast, Harry and gang go to the Gryffindor common room and Seamus confronts him. Uh, he's like, you know, my mom didn't want me to come back, uh, cause of you this year. And Harry's like, your mom's a bitch. You say mama Seamus is a bitch. You want to go Harry? And then Ron shows up and he was like, yeah, your mom is a bitch. Anyone else got a problem with Harry? Uh, so anyway, they punk him out a little bit. Uh, but basically implying that like there are uh, far reaching repercussions of the uh, smear campaign mm-hmm. that the uh, Daily Prophet and Fudge have been uh, even, campaigning against Harry. Even Harry's own friends are being manipulated by the wizarding media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Ron comes to his defense and then they go upstairs and Harry's all titchy and he's like, hey, you know what? I don't need your help. Because uh, Harry's a miserable fuck in this movie. Uh, and he does his little neck stretch again, another uh, introduction to the uh, thread that we're going to get throughout this. Uh, Harry goes to bed and he starts dreaming about the Department of Mysteries uh, that he was just in. And he sees a door and he sees a bunch of dusty orbs on a shelf. Someone's uh, got to clean those. We cut to the first Defense Against the Dark Arts class with Professor Umbridge. The kids are all flying around a little paper plane uh, that Padma Patil uh, flew out, and they're all, like, playing with it and stuff. And then Professor Umbridge zaps it out of the sky. She's like, I don't <laughs> fuck around like that. <laughs> Dude, that's good. Um, class starts, and uh, she says, Wands away, we're going to be learning about the theory of uh, defensive spells just to practice for your OWLs. Uh, I love the introduction of standardized testing in the wizarding world. Yeah. Of yeah. the OW. What, uh, do we know what the OWL stands for? Uh, ordinary wizarding level. Ordinary wizarding level. Mm-hmm. And then there's newts, which are like nastily exhausting wizarding tests is what that stands for. I feel like they had an acronym they wanted and worked backwards. <laughs> right, for sure. For, for, for OWLs, it makes sense, but Newt less so. How do we, how do we, go, right. how do we make Newt work? <laughs> work backwards from there. Nastily. <laughs> Nastily. <laughs> Nary excellent wizard thing. Nailed it. Crushed it. Crushed it. That she must not be named patting herself on the back afterward. <laughs> so Harry starts interrupting uh, Professor Umbridge. She's saying, like, what's the point of just, you know, reading about it? it you know, if we're uh, attacked out there, it's not going to be risk free. And she's like, nobody's going to attack you. Who would ever want to attack you? He's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, fucking Voldemort. And she's like, oh, he did it. I guess we're doing oh. this right now. Mm. OK, here it comes. And then she tells the whole classroom, look, you've heard that a certain dark wizard has come back from the dead. That's a lie. This kid's full of shit. I'm talking about him. I'm talking about him. Yeah. And Harry's like, no, no, I ain't full of shit. And she's like, detention. So Harry gets in trouble. Um, so she had been expecting that this fight was going to come all along. You can tell. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so she knew what was up. She, she wanted up. it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, see me after class, Mr. Potter. We'll, we'll figure out that detention. 
uh, Harry, uh, oh, that happens when Harry, uh, brings up, uh, Cedric. She's like, he's like, do you think Cedric just fucking died of his own accord? And she's like, that was a tragic accident. Voldemort's not real. It was a tragic accident. We didn't know that someone made the Triwizard Cup a port key mm-hmm. that c- killed uh, him. The from port key just ripped his arm off. Avada Kedavra curse. Uh, you know, people are saying that it was these filthy muggles mm-hmm. not bringing their best to come over. And that that's what people are saying. A lot of A lot of important people are saying this, Andy. They're like, you know, in retrospect, we shouldn't have used a handgun as a port key. (laughs) You know? That wasn't (laughs) what the port key was. Ah, no, it was a forty-five. The safety wasn't on. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So uh, Harry goes to his uh, detention. Uh, We can see that Umbridge has uh, redecorated the office. She painted it pink. Uh, She has a million plates with cats on it, on them. Uh, and she puts about a pound of sugar in her tea. Um, yeah, she does. And uh, dude, I love that. It's just like this sweet characterization thing of her, like that sickly sweet is the way to describe her. And mm-hmm. like, that is a sickly sweet amount of sugar that she puts in that tea. One of my favorite shots from this film is when Harry first walks in and you see like the, the wall of cat plates mm-hmm. that are all like, meow, meow, meow. Like doing like little cat noises. And, Kill me. And just, yeah. <laughs> Just Harry's like reaction when he opens the door is like, what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) Like, I love that shot. Yeah. And it does this like cool profile shot of her, like sipping her tea and looking up at him. Uh, Some of some of the visual direction uh, in these movies uh, is pretty, pretty spot on. Uh, Let's see. So uh, Harry comes in she says, I'm going to have you write some lines. And he starts to bust out a quill and she's like, no, you're going to be using a special quill of mine. And she, he says, well, what do you want me to write? She says, I want you to write, I must not tell lies. He says, how many times? She said, let's just say until it sinks in. So Harry sits down. He has the worst handwriting in the world. Uh, he starts writing. <laughs> I'm glad someone said it. <laughs> Thank God. I'm glad someone said it, Andy. Holy cow. He started uh, writing. Like, clearly they're not writing. They're not teaching penmanship at Hogwarts. Holy cow. He starts writing like a fucking second grader. Uh, he writes, I must not tell lies. I... M- must. <laughs> uh, so uh, Harry starts writing and then his hand starts to hurt and then he looks down and it starts carving in shittily handwriting. Uh, I must not tell lies. And there's this really cool uh, moment where like uh, Umbridge walks around and she's like, yes, like say something. And he's like, nothing. She's like, that's right. That's right. You know, deep down you deserve to be punished. And it's, it's, Gross. It's real gross. And it's real gross. She's a gross lady. Let's see. Uh, We cut to the common room. Uh, Fred and George are sitting there uh, testing their Weasley wizard, Weasley wizard wheezes on some first years. Uh, Hermione sees Harry's hand and she says, uh, you need to report this. And Harry's like, nah, I'm not going to give her the satisfaction. What? Um, We cut to. What? You're not going to give her the satisfaction of getting fired? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you just need to say that, and she's super dead. You We're know that that type of punishment's not allowed, mm-hmm. okay? Let's see. Uh, we cut to the most pointless scene ever. Uh, Hedwig is just flying around the grounds, and we get a voiceover of Harry uh, writing a letter to Sirius uh, saying that he feels lonely and that it's definitely winter. Lonely, 
I'm Mr. Lonely. Cellophane, Mr. Harry's wandering around the grounds. Uh, He sees some of the Thestrals flying around over the Forbidden Forest. It ain't forbidden no more, I guess. Uh, So he just wanders into the forest and he sees Luna there. She's barefoot. Uh, She uh, starts talking to him about the Thestrals. Uh, We find out that only people that have seen death uh, can see the Thestrals. And she saw her, I guess, her mother horrifically die in an accident. yeah, like a potion making gone wrong. Some experiment at home. Yeah. Uh, it was probably super fucked up and super traumatic. Um, she's just kind of like, yeah, I miss her. Um, there's a little uh, baby Thestral there, and she tries to give it an apple. It doesn't want it. And she just carries raw beef in her bag like you do. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you didn't want that. How about this uh, three-week-old filet? How do you like that? <laughs> yeah. More, mm-hmm. please. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Baby Thestral fucks around with it. I like him raw. She's like, it's either an apple or raw rotten beef. One of the two. There's no in between. We're not going to try oats. You know, horses don't eat oats. Uh, No carrots. (laughs) But these aren't horses, Andy. Let's let's go with uh, prime rib. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baby Thestral's going to fuck with that. I also like the the thought that for maybe like a couple, several months, Harry Potter's been like, no one sees these things. Yeah. <laughs> I should have a follow up with Luna. Love good. Nah. Yeah. Harry's Maybe just when like, it's winter. That was fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> just moves on with his life. He's got a lot going on. Let's see. Uh, we cut to uh, the kids are at breakfast. Harry goes and tries to make good with Ron and Hermione. He was uh, kind of shitty towards them uh, when they were uh, suggesting that he uh, report Mag- or Umbridge. Did you see some of the cereal boxes that were on the tables? Uh-uh. So they have cereal boxes for the breakfast, like for them to eat, but it's all like made up cereal names. Like if they're not just eating like oh, cool. Frosted Flakes. Uh, there's one, I think, I think it's like Cheerios or something like that. Oh, nice. Obviously like a play on Cheerios, but it's like, it's got little owls on it. That's cool. And like cool. the O and owls is like O's, you know. I did notice that Ron was sitting there reading like a pamphlet that was like uh, how to cram for the OWLs. And I, I thought that that was a pretty nice touch. Um so he's just sitting there eating sausage and Hermione's like, do you ever stop eating? Uh, let's see. Uh, the kids overhear uh, a commotion and it is Umbridge and McGonagall. McGonagall is uh, yelling at Umbridge about her medieval methods of punishing students. And uh, they kind of use this uh, pretty cool, uh, if a little uh, trite um visual cue for the power dynamic of the conversation where they're standing on the stairs and like Umbridge takes a step up and the McGonagall takes a step up to meet her. And then Umbridge says like, the one thing I won't stand for is disloyalty. And then McGonagall takes a step down. That's a little on the nose. Umbridge takes another step up and like turns and addresses the room. And she's like, things are far worse than I imagined. Yeah. It's a little on the nose, but it's, I I could see what they were doing. Yeah. Pretty, Uh, Pretty good representation of like, uh, like f- fascistic order though. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're so, oh, so you're an enemy of the state. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were an enemy of the state. I thought you were just a transfiguration teacher. Mm, uh, my bad. <laughs> Maybe I should just call the authorities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ring, ring, ring. Hello, Aurors would like to report an enemy of the state. Uh, one, one really nice, subtle visual cue uh, that last throughout the movie is that uh, Umbridge's um, outfit becomes a darker shade of pink throughout the movie. Does it? So in the beginning of the movie, it's like a bright, hot pink, but by the end of it, it's like a darker, muted pink. 
Does and she's it? wearing like slightly darker, like you know, cardigans and stuff. That is awesome, yeah. Stephen. And she's always pink, but it's like mm-hmm. darker and yeah, yeah, it's not as bright and lovely. The facade is uh, coming off. Yeah. Let's see. So uh, McGonagall or Umbridge addresses the uh, courtyard at large and says things are much worse than I imagined. And Fudge is going to want to take immediate action. Uh, this is a movie for montages, uh, and so we uh, yeah. we get a montage of uh, edu- dec- educational decrees being hammered into the walls. This is uh, my time to shine. <laughs> uh, Umbridge, uh, if you read them, Umbridge is the High Inquisitor now. Um, we you do a lot of right. <laughs> we do a lot of uh, like tracking shots or panning shots across newspapers and use that to kind of show the things that have been going on. And it's cool because like in Wizarding newspapers, all the pictures move. And so like they'll zoom into the moving picture and then just show that scene. So it's uh, um, Fudge saying like, you know, uh, Umbridge is going to be the High Inquisitor and she's been revolutionizing defense against the dark arts and stuff We're starting No Wizard Left Behind. It's a really (laughs) important educational act. With standardized testing. <laughs> we call it NOLB. <laughs> uh, so Umbridge starts uh, introduce, or interviewing uh, teachers. Now that she's a high inquisitor, uh, one of her uh, powers is that she can uh, see who's fit to teach. Uh, she starts interviewing Snape, which is awesome. And she's like, so you wanted to be the defense against the dark arts teacher? He's like, yes, obviously. obviously. And that's where we get Snape saying obviously, which is so good. Um <laughs> Umbridge walks through the school. She's high on power. She's tightening ties and tucking pants. Real quick, sorry. I love that that bit with Snape only because it's almost like the direction they gave him to perform was like, pretend like you're really bewildered why this woman's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> like just his face is like, why are you here? <laughs> I'm easily the best teacher here. Um, and, and he is. So cool. He's like probably the most qualified, other than maybe like McGonagall, uh, to be the teacher of what he's teaching. I don't know why I'm not the dark arts teacher. Uh, I've wanted see. it forever. She uh, is super high on life. She is, uh, like I said, tucking in shirts and uh, tying ties and shit. Uh, you see the Weasley brothers, the twins, uh, playing a game uh, with a little fireball, and she comes and zips it away. I want to know if that's Exploding Snap. That's a game that is continually brought up in the books, and we never know what it is. We just know that it's something that wizards play, mm. and I want to know if maybe that's what that was. Uh, let's see. You see Umbridge uh, talking to Trelawney. Uh, she interrupts Flitwick while oh, he's man. trying to do choir practice and she like busts out a tape measure. Uh, <laughs> what was that about? Well, she is How tall are you. Are you, are you tall enough for this ride? <laughs> right. So, well, she is super, uh, racist. And yeah. so, uh, I think that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Flitwick, Flitwick is like half goblin or something. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's like a subtle hint to, uh, that, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's more overt when she uh, is firing Hagrid and stuff because he's half giant. Uh, she asked Trelawney to make a teensy weensy prophecy. Um, uh, Trelawney obviously can't because she's an old fraud. And uh, <laughs> so she makes one up and she's like, you are in grave danger. Uh, and Umbridge is just like, delightful. And checks a little box. Uh, we cut to. I'm sorry, Andy, are you throwing shade at my girl Trelawney? Trelawney's incredible, dude. Uh, Emma. Um, Thompson Thompson is a treasure. Uh, Trelawney is a vibe. And she's wildly underutilized for such a uh, wonderful actress. Uh, You would think they would use her more. 
Anyway, and we she's cut so to. great. I love Trelawney. The whole the scene where like she's kicking Trelawney out of the school mm-hmm. is like genuinely like you you stay away from her. Yeah, she is a sweet lady. Yeah, even though you like hate her as a teacher, you're still like, oh, you bitch, don't fuck with her. Did you listen to the episode when we talked about Trelawney? Uh, no. Uh, oh, Wait, I, maybe maybe I forget when is she introduced when she's like, is oh is it. Which episode, or uh, it's uh, the TV's Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban is where she's introduced. And we didn't, uh, and you weren't on that one, right? I was not on that one. Yeah, so I, I was talking about how, like, Trelawney is the epitome of a professor. Like, if I were in school, I would take her class. Oh, I do remember you saying that. Just because I'm like, I love, I love this woman. Like, you were, uh, you were talking nonsense. Yeah. I don't believe a thing you're saying, but I love your energy, and you're amazing. I do remember that, and Chris said that he had a philosophy professor that was like that. Yeah, yeah we were like, brag. Uh, we get it. You have a philosophy <laughs> oh, degree. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hate you. Um, <laughs> And now, a quick word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. As you all know, we are ardent supporters here at Streaming Things of strong mental health, though we may not be paragons of that. I actually work full-time in the mental health industry. I travel around trying to guide and help folks find people that might help them through their needs. And even I struggle very much in that category. In fact, I do not have a therapist currently. But Steve, ever since we've been dealing with BetterHelp and partnering with them, I think you've you found some help in them as well? Absolutely. Uh, I started using BetterHelp when they gave us a code and I've been working with my therapist, Becky. She's a true G. She's been mm. helping me kind of work through my own uh, uh, relationship issues and goals for myself, including uh, getting over my codependency issues that I'm just discovering that I have. So she has really helped me this year with kind of grappling who I am and what I need to do to have a happier life. Yeah. And actually having them as a sponsor has helped propel me in my urgency to find my own therapist. So I'm working on that this month. And that's the cool thing about BetterHelp. They'll help pair you with a therapist. You can scan through different ones that are available on the app, you know, right from your home. So you don't have to like talk yourself out of going because you got to drive somewhere or whatever excuse that you can come up with. I know how I am. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month that's better help.com slash streaming things so anyway uh you cut to harry and uh, people walking through uh the hallway and they hear a kerfuff- people a kerfuffle going on outside and you see that it is trelawney who is being banished from the grounds and she's like you can't do this and all uh, my heart breaks for her umbridge is like actually i can and she's sitting there holding one of the educational decrees uh it's a really effective god you have to the- give her at least a two-week notice if she lives there melba right? staunton fucking crushes it dude she really does she's so good as umbridge uh so um she is having Flitwick fucking pack her, not Flitwick, Filch pack her fucking bags. Yeah, uh, I've been saying this this whole time. McGonagall comes out and she's- Four eyes gotta go. <laughs> I don't know why Filch is becoming more like inebriated the more I do this voice. <laughs> oh, I've been drinking too much butter beer. Dogs me. I hate my life and that's why I drink. <laughs> it's also why I'm kind of mean. People don't know the real Filch. They never ask me, hey, Filch, how- are you doing today? Yeah, they just okay. They just say Filch put up this decree on a really tall letter. Everybody thinks I fuck my cat. I, I, you kiss it once. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but I look at it funny. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so 
McGonagall comes up and starts consoling Trelawney. Uh, doors bust open. Don't fuck with daddy. Daddy comes out. Daddy Dumbledore. Daddy, daddy Dumbledore uh, comes stomping out. And he's like, yo, you can fire my pro- professor. Did you put your name in the governor fire? <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Wrong movie. Uh, he's like, you can banish people or you can fire my professors, but you cannot banish them from the grounds. That's still daddy's job. And she's like, for now, daddy. Um <laughs> I just like this turn of events. <laughs> my notes just Dumbledore says, is now daddy. Dude, my notes go, McGonagall <laughs> consoles her, don't fuck with daddy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, don't worry, dear. Daddy's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, daddy. <laughs> she want to help her back inside. Uh, so Dumbledore uh, says, McGonagall, can you please esca- escort her back uh, inside? Uh, Harry tries again to uh, talk to Professor Dumbledore and Dumbledore once again is like, no, 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 I can't hear you as he walks back inside. Let's see. We he's still to... ghosting Harry. We don't know why he just won't talk to the poor boy. Yep, the he... poor boy just wants some answers, but he's just a boy. Uh, we cut back to the commoner and Hermione saying that old bitch, she's not teaching us anything. They uh, listen to the radio for a second where they're talking about there's been some dis- disappearances, but it's super definitely Sirius Black's fault, not Voldemort's. Mm. Voldemort, or Sirius shows up in the fucking fireplace. He's like, I heard you were talking about me. It's a different fireplace effect this time. It is way, way, way less different. cool. Yeah, so less cool. The it, first time he does it, they like make like the embers part of his face yeah. and the embers in the wood are moving. And this one is like, my face is superimposed on this <laughs> log. This time they're like, we don't have the budget for that. Yeah. Let, let, let's just, you know, get past How this. How can we save some money? I know. And he super pointlessly shows up and says, you guys are kind of on your own. Bye. And that, and that's mostly it. It was uh, assumed serious. He says fudge. Oh, well he does say fudge uh, doesn't want them trained in combat. Uh, Cause he thinks that Dumbledore is forming an army. Um, that's what the name for Dumbledore's army. Uh, he says fudge is blocking the truth. So it's making, uh, recruiting hard. And it started this way last time with the disappearances. Uh, Hermione says that they need to be able to defend themselves. And if Umbridge, that fucking bitch isn't going to teach them, then they need somebody who will. And so she looks over at Harry and then the wind randomly goes, Harry Potter. <laughs> do you remember that? Like just randomly, like the, it cuts to like snow outside at night. And the wind is just Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, we know his name. Yeah. Um, Even the wind knows this kid. All right. Everyone is the boy who lived. All right. Musk. <laughs> uh, um, we cut to Hogsmeade. Uh, the kids walk into the hog's head. Uh, Harry says they're mad. Who'd want to be taught by somebody like me? Hermione says, uh, just a couple people are going to be here. And then like fucking 30 kids show up. And Hermione's like, oh, shit. Uh as a lot of people, uh, she says they need to learn. Uh, some punk kid says there's no proof Voldemort's back. Uh, you know, they say Dumbledore's fucking backy numpty, and he's like, yeah, yeah he nupty. says, and he's like, so says Dumbledore, and he's like, yeah, Dumbledore says because he says. Uh, if you could just tell us more about Cedric, and Harry's like, I'm not here to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't talk about Cedric. I'm not some freak show to entertain you guys. All right. Um, and then Luna says, uh, Harry can cast a fucking Patronus. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, a, p- a Patronus? Dang. A corporeal Patronus? P- Patronus? And Harry's like, yeah, I can totally do that. Yeah, I don't wanna, I don't and then everybody starts brag, typing him yeah. up. They're like, he fucking fought the Basilisk in the Chamber of Secrets. He fucking fought Voldemort last year. Uh, they don't even get to talk about all the shit they did in the third movie because it's a secret. Uh, 
He's a dope seeker. And Harry's like, eh, you know, that all sounds super good. I'm badass. I know, but I had help. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then he That's says, super lucky. And he ends on such like a lame, he has like this cool speech about, I, it was, I was lucky, I had help. And then he goes into like, you know, when you're out there, when it's life or death and you can't just try over like school, you don't know what that's like. And that's just how he ends his speech. And they're like, yeah, we know. Go on. That <laughs> Go is on. part of the reason why we've arrived here. <laughs> oh, you're done. Oh, okay. Uh, so everybody signs up, uh, to be a part of the DA, they, the Dumbledore's army, they want to learn how to defend themselves. Uh, they are walking and they get caught fucking immediately. They are walking back from Hogsmeade talking about, we need a place that we can do this and hide and fucking Umbridge is like standing on a balcony, looking down at them, listening like, Oh, okay. Uh, so immediately we get, uh, the next, uh, educational decree, which says that all student run organizations have been disbanded in the books. That also means Quidditch and they have to like apply to get the Quidditch team back. Um, and so that like, there's more conflict with the, uh, the ways that Umbridge is trying to fuck. You can't Harry. get rid of school sports. Right. Um, that's how we make money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking college football, dude. Uh, let's see here. So we get the first DA meeting. Uh, Harry's trying to show Neville how to do Expelliarmus. Uh, this is a whole nether montage. Uh, we cut to Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Neville's trying to practice Expelliarmus, and uh, uh, Umbridge says, like, wands away. Uh, we get uh, Filch trying to follow the kids into the room of requirement, but it keeps shutting. Uh, we get him, like, eating a sandwich outside of the room of requirement. Falls asleep with the, and he falls asleep. He's got mustard on his robe. We get, uh, I love this sequence where Ron uh, is uh, going to, like, practice duel against Hermione. He's like, don't worry, I'll take it easy on you. And you get Neville give, like, this fist of solidarity. <laughs> My man. And then her Hermione like beats his ass. And he's like, oh fuck. Scratch I'm meant face. to do it. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to show up too bad. Let's see. Uh, sucks. We get Harry. <laughs> we get uh Harry showing show Levy Corpus. We get Filch getting a box of, uh, what are they called? Something pustules. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but he gets all gross and pussy. Yeah. He gets all, uh, he gets all pussy and they fucking have this effect where a zit on his nose pops and like oh, so gross. hits the camera. It's fucking disgusting. So gross. Uh, let's see here. You see another educational decree. Malfoy and the Slytherins uh, get badges. They are now part of the inquisitorial squad. Uh, you, you never want to be a part of something that has the word inquisitorious in it. Yeah. That's <laughs> never a good group. What aren't the, uh, aren't there inquisitors in, Star Wars. Yeah. And they're not a good group to be yeah, in. <laughs> you never want to be an inquisitor <laughs> pro tip. If someone approaches, you, was like, Hey, I got this really cool group. We're going to do some really great things for the world. Oh, our name. We're the inquisitors. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Run. You don't, you don't want to be a part of that group. If it says inquisitor or if they ask for your social security number, <laughs> you probably don't want to be yeah. a part of that group. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you get Harry, just this whole montage. Harry's walking around the DA room giving this lame speech about uh, how every great wizard started out as a student. You know, why not us? Uh, and you keep getting the inquisitorial squad trying to break in. Uh, they almost get through the door to the room of requirement and it turns into a broom closet. It's a fun little montage of, of them trying to bust them. Yeah. And it always is being one step uh, behind. It is super fun. 
I left out the part where they discovered the room requirement, but they, they do that. Neville found it, the, right? That's a, yeah, Neville finds yeah. it. Uh, in the book, Dobby shows them. Uh, let's see here. Oh, they cut Dobby out? They cut Dobby mm, out. Thanks, David Yates. God, fuck you. <laughs> I don't understand why you guys hate Dobby. He's so... I, I don't think Dobby. Chris hates Dobby. I love Dobby so much. Um, let's see here. Ginny uh, does a reducto curse when everybody's practicing on this dummy and the dummy fucking explodes. Basically, uh, just foreshadowing her using that later in the movie. Let's see here. Uh, Neville finally gets Expelliarmus down. Um, Harry says, good job, Neville, whatever. Well done, uh, mate. And he says, we'll meet back up for the holidays. And, uh, everybody's like, good job, man. You did great. Uh, Fred and George try to stop Harry and like, they have ideas about something. Uh, Harry sees Cho is, uh, lingering. So Harry goes up to, uh, talk to Cho and Cho says, you know, I've been thinking about like all the stuff we've learned and if maybe Cedric had known it and Harry is the biggest fucking cock in this scene. It drives me fucking insane. He was like, Cedric was really good. Voldemort was way better though. And like, he's super dead because Voldemort was better. And I, I you know, I fought Voldemort. And I'm not super dead. I'm not dead. I mean, he is. And like, it, he didn't even fucking fight Voldemort. Voldemort was still the little like monster baby. Yeah. And it was fucking uh, Peter Pettigrew that killed Cedric. Like the second that he showed up, like, yeah. Harry is such a Give prick in this spell. scene. Like, Voldemort was better. Fuck you. No, he wasn't. Well, uh, maybe he's not being quite the dick you think, because I think it would be even more dickish if he was like, Wormtail was better than Cedric Digger. She's like, oh, fuck. Oh, it was Wormtail? Fuck. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I was not 100% sure. I, I, I've read the books, but I don't remember them that well. But I, but watching the movies, like I did not fully comprehend that Cho Chang and Cedric Diggory were dating. Right, yeah. So when they start talking about it in this movie, I'm like, was well, that a thing I don't remember, I guess? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they show that like she went to the ball with Cedric. Oh, uh, did they? I don't even remember that. I, the, the only thing I remember uh, Cho in the previous movie thinking was like she she you know didn't go she didn't accept harry's invitation to go yeah. uh but then also thinking like wait i thought they got together and then they didn't i was like oh that must be in another movie and it's this movie yeah and even in this movie i'm just kind of like i don't get it but yeah. sure it's just first love yeah She's the uh, seeker for the Ravenclaw Quidditch team. They also don't go into that at all. That so, would have like, been cool to see. They have similar interests. She's, that would have been she's great to see. a better match for Harry than the movies would have you believe. That's my biggest complaint about this specific movie is that there are two relationships, I think, that they don't spend enough time fleshing out. Um, What's the second one? It's Sirius Black. Oh, I don't feel yeah. like they... I mean, they do. They make the effort with Sirius, at least. But I feel like, and maybe that's not this movie's fault. It's more of a fault like they should have had more scenes with him in the last movie. Just to kind of really solidify just how important Sirius is to mm -hmm. Harry. Because it does seem a little forced. Like, it's not, I'm not going to yeah. say it is forced, but I'm like, ah, there's like some great emotion that you guys are leaving on the table. That I feel like you really, that, that scene that we're coming up to really could have hit a lot harder if we spent more time with them. Mm -hmm and got to know their relationship a little bit better, but definitely with uh, Cho, like Cho gets the short end of the stick so hard in these movies. We're like, uh, yeah, she, yeah, there's Cho. Oh, oh wait, she did a thing. This oh, fucking forget about Cho now. She, yeah, she's not important anymore. That's fair, dude. She served her purpose. You know, we don't have to show her anymore. And like, uh, with, with, with Sirius, they're like, Harry sees him 
this is a man that he has, this is the second time he's seen him in person and the third time he's spoken to him. And he's like, serious dude. And like runs up and hugs him and like daps him up and shit. And it's like, you don't know that man. Like why, why, why are you acting like this? Yeah. So yeah, it, it does feel a little forced, but Sirius is a cool character. Um, that's why I think these, I think the Harry Potter books would be like really great as like, like TV shows, like each season is a book. Dude, I've been thinking that this whole time. That would be so fun. I want it. Cause then you can get really into like a lot of the beloved side characters that don't get the screen time and they can really flesh out the lore on screen. Mm -hmm. That would be so much fun instead of like the movies where, you know, you, they, we only have two and a half hours. We need to really speed through a lot of this shit. So a lot of stuff gets left and they should do it the way they do British television where it's like, okay, it's a short story. Like it's three episodes. All right. There's your season and yeah. that's it. And yeah. they, like, they just, however long it needs to be is how long it is. Yep. Um, they've been covering, uh, um, the author's uh, other book series um, under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. It's the Cormoran Strike Detective novels. And those have been adapted into a British, a BBC TV show. And there's like the first season's like three episodes. The second season's two. Uh, you know, it's just however long it needs to be. Yeah. And uh, that, that's what they should do with this. Like first, first book, I don't know, four episodes. The second book, five. You know, this one, probably like 10, you know, but like however long it has to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, yes, I've been thinking this entire time. I would love for someday for there to be a Harry Potter TV show. You know, you don't want people or production companies to revisit, uh, beloved IP too often and just remake it over and over. Yeah. But, um, it's been what, 20 years. So, uh, we're coming up on it being worth it. Yeah. It's been 10 years since the last one came out, right? I don't remember. Part two came out, what, like 2011, 2012? You're probably right. Yeah, something like that. Because I was working at the movie theater still in Florence, so that was like 2011. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, yeah, we're coming up on it being worth it, worth them doing it again. Let's see. So Harry kisses, uh, mistletoe just randomly appears over their heads, whatever its room requirement. So I guess that's what was required at the time. The room of requirement uh, is just a great wingman. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just like condoms and lube. Just like slide <laughs> out on Christ. a table. Like, you know, and Harry's like, uh, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, slow down room of requirement. Uh, I require you to take it back a notch room of requirement. <laughs> I love the idea of the room requirement just being like super, super pushy. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking like heart shaped bed wheels out and like fucking let's get it on by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> when did the ceilings become mirrors? <laughs> Bunch of like fucking alcohol and shit. She was like, I'm leaving. We're 15. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Although I guess, you know, 15, Chris and I used to drink and shit when we were 15. So it's probably pretty apt. Uh, let's see here. So Harry goes back to the common room and he's telling them about kissing uh show. And Hermione says that uh, I'm sure Harry's kissing was more than satisfactory. And he gives Ron this little nod like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, I can kiss. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. We get another dream of the Department of Mysteries. Uh, this time, Harry sees himself as a snake. Uh, slithering through the little fucking, uh, uh, what the fuck's the place called? The, oh yeah, it's Department of Mysteries. Uh, and working their way towards the um, Hall of Prophecy. And uh, the snake slithers up on Arthur Weasley and attacks him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, at first I hate the effect of like the camera zipping in and hitting him. But then after like the third time, he's all bloody and mangled. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, nice. That's actually. They're doing cool. some really good cuts yeah. in between the strikes. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. So Harry gets uh, escorted into Dumbledore's office by McGonagall. Uh, Dumbledore is questioning Harry, but without looking at him. And he's just like, were you the snake or were you a, a bystander? He starts talking to the portraits and he's saying like, hey, we need somebody needs to find Arthur Weasley. It needs to be one of our people. Another portrait's like, uh, they got him, Arthur. He's safe. Uh, and Voldemort did not get the thing. And Harry is like, fucking look at me. Um, and Dumbledore turns and is like, oh shit, something, something's not right. What's up with you? <laughs> we'll crawl up your butt, Potter. <laughs> Dumbledore's like, I'm doing really important things right now. Uh, chill out. You see, I'm, I've got my network of paintings. They're not right. just for decoration, okay? Right. Uh, it's cool because like uh, one of them is, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's an ancestor of Sirius. Uh, so he has a portrait in the headmaster's office, but he also has one in Grimald Place. Uh, and the, the person in the portrait can go back and forth between the places and like relay messages and stuff. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. Snape shows up and, uh, Dumbledore says, oh good. It can't wait even for the night. Uh, we need, you need to do it now. Uh, cause that now they know that Harry has like a psychic link correct. to uh, Dumbledore and they're worried that if Dumbledore realizes, or no, I'm not Dumbledore, I'm sorry, Voldemort, if he realizes that he could use Harry as an unwitting spy. Correct. So uh, Snape uh, fucking holds hands with Harry and carries him all the way to the fucking dungeon, still holding his hand. Uh, and uh, he says, your minds are connected. Uh, we need to teach. I need to teach you occlumency, which is going to help you keep the Vol Voldemort out of your brain. Voldemort um, too much in your brain? Want to get him out? Use occlumency. <laughs> Proven method since 1854. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of how, how does this start? How does that some side effects may occur. With, 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 <laughs> uh, let's see here. Diarrhea, uh, shortness of breath, <laughs> anal leaking, <laughs> potential bleeding from the nose. And there's a good chance that a dark Lord may invest, investigate your brain. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we get Christmas at Grimald place. Arthur's back. Everybody awkwardly toasts Harry. Looking rough. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he's got his arm in a sling. His face is still bloody. And he's wearing he's a crown. It's like, I win. <laughs> I won today. Ron gets this, uh, uh, awful like fucking like 80s vest biker vest with like fur sticking out the back of mm -hmm. it and stuff and uh there's a little sequence where her harry or hermione and ron are like talking and she's like i think that you should trust your mom's like taste and clothes more man it's gonna look good on you and shit i just love that you got a fucking like i don't know like jean jacket vest uh, let's see here um, I wish we could be with molly when she makes that stuff like oh he's gonna look so good <laughs> This needs more sequins. <laughs> it should say big D. Where's on my the back. bedazzler? <laughs> I'm gonna bedazzle the shit out of his vest. <laughs> Fucking glitter glue and shit. Is that shit. what that thing was called? The, uh, was it a bedazzle when you would like put like rhinestones and stuff on like a vest? Sequins? I don't remember, but I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, that shit was really popular. I'm in, sure like, we'll the get early like 19 90s. emails about it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Harry wanders into the family tree room. This is where he finds out that the uh, number 12 Grimmau place is actually where Sirius grew up. Uh, Sirius says that his mom was a um, mm. super racist bitch. It was a bedazzler. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, let's see here. And he points to a uh, picture of uh, Helena Bottom Carter that's on the wall. And he's like, my crazy cousin. That's Helena Bottom Carter. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's famous. <laughs> She's really famous. She used to be married to Tim Burton. Do you know that? It's pretty, it's pretty weird. Yeah. That's Justin Bieber. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. He used to be part of the Black, black family. B big fan. He's, not not related. He's, but a, he's born again now. I haven't talked to him since then. Mom likes to pretend that we were related. Son she never had. Uh, let's I would see tell here. her, hey, don't stop believing. 
Harry says uh, he feels like he might be becoming bad, that he's angry all the time. Uh, Sirius basically just says, shut up, you little bitch. Uh, he says, we're all a little bad, but uh, we're all a little good. Uh, whatever you act on is what really matters. And we'll be all be a family when this is over. Uh, and so we cut back to, sorry, we're running super late and I'm trying to speed through it a little more. Uh, we cut back to Hogwarts. Uh, Harry is walking with Cho and he super bails on her when he finds out that Hagrid is back. Uh, he goes <laughs> running down the hill. He wants to go see his homie bros before hose. Say like, hi, uh, girlfriend. I'm really enjoying <gasps> what Hagrid's back and like shoves her out of the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh they so they haul ass down to Hagrid's cabin. Umbridge is already there and she's questioning him and she's demanding that he tell her where she's been. Uh he says that he's been away from his health, just getting some fresh air. And she's like, Yeah, as a gamekeeper, you don't get fresh air. Uh and she says, basically, don't don't get comfortable, don't unpack your bags, you're not gonna be here long. Uh, so she leaves, but she's not the headmaster. She can't make him leave. Not yet. Uh, she leaves. I love, she, uh, like steps outside and like the house is stinky and she like sprays her perfume, uh, at it. Uh, so (laughs) Harry, Harry and gang go into Hagrid's cabin and get, uh, he says Dumbledore sent him to parlay with the giants and Harry's like, Oh, are they the ones that beat you up? Cause his face is all mangled. He's using a cut of beef. Uh, that uh, Luna would uh, respect uh, to like hold on and uh, reduce his swelling. Uh, Hagrid says, no, the the giants didn't do this, but he doesn't uh, elaborate. Uh, He looks out a window and he said, there's a storm coming. We better be prepared for it. Uh, We cut to metaphor Azkaban. We get to actually see Azkaban and it is a triangle in the ocean. And that's pretty much it. Um, You see, uh, uh, some Death Eaters in there looking at their dark mark and it's lighting up and then a wall explodes. The sound design of the sequence is really odd and like this big explosion happens, but it's real quiet and seems like it happens far away. Uh, and Bellatrix. Oh yeah, that is true. That and Bellatrix happen. is there and she uh, starts laughing. She's being broken out of prison. We get another newspaper montage. They're saying. Oh that- no, they're getting away. <laughs> oh, we, we are not equipped to deal with a hole in the wall. <laughs> this is just, we should really just have wizards to plug that up. Why is no one here helping us out? All we do is suck them off. <laughs> we can only suck so much. We really love to help with this, but this is actually union and we can't uh, help with any uh, contractor work. My break so. is right up, right about now, so that's someone else's problem. As a union mandate break, I get two 15s and one thirty, and a smoke break. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. There's another newspaper montage. Fudge says once again that Sirius is, uh, well, he, he has valid evidence this time. He says Bellatrix was Sirius's cousin. He's probably the one that broke her out. Uh, Neville is Neville. That fudge connecting dots. Neville Longbottom is reading that newspaper, which was a really cool transition. Uh, and he is pissed that mm-hmm. Bellatrix got out. Cause she's the one that, uh, put, what's the curse that, Drove his parents. Crucio, mad? the Crucio curse. Cruciatus. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's basically like, hey, the woman that took your parents away from you is uh, out free in the world. Yeah. There's actually a really cool scene that's cut out of the book where, uh, when during the Christmas break they go to St. Mungo's Hospital for magical maladies, and that's where they're visiting uh, uh, Ron's dad. And while they're there, they see Neville or Harry sees Neville uh, visiting his parents. His parents have been driven insane by the Cruciatus curse. And so they just live there full time. That's why Neville lives with his uh, grandma. Also, they uh, run into uh, fucking um, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart from the second movie. <laughs> like his brain is still fucked Who up. Who am I? Yeah, exactly. Like 
his brain is still fucked up from the uh, uh, memory charm that rebounded on him. And so now he's stuck there too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Neville's reading the newspaper uh, and he's pissed off. Seamus apologizes to Harry. He says, you know what? You're right. My mom is a little bitch and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, to- I told it to her face. <laughs> what I'm saying is I believe you. I believe you. Uh, let's I'd see. ride in the batter with you, Potter. <laughs> you have my sword. And my axe. Oh, it's my bow and my axe. I oh, you up. call yourself a fan. God damn Get out. Dude. <laughs> and you have my bow. Uh, let's see here. We cut to Neville is in the DA room uh, looking at a picture of the the OOOTP. And uh, he says that Bellatrix was the one that tortured his parents. And he's proud to be their son, but he's not ready for everybody to know. Harry says, we're going to make them proud. Uh, next DA meeting, Harry is teaching everybody how to do Patronuses. Uh, and uh, they're all crushing it. He says, this is really advanced magic, but literally everybody there can do it. So I guess it's not that advanced. Uh, the room starts to rumble. The chandelier wiggles a little bit and they're like, something's going on. Big mirror on the wall shatters and there's a hole and they peep through that hole and, uh, they can see Umbridge on the other side and she blows up the wall. Um, Draco is standing there and he's holding uh, Cho Chang hostage. So apparently Cho was the one that told them how to get in. <gasps> Cho is snitching? Oh, you fucking bitch. I thought she was a sneaker, but instead she was snitching. Uh, they cut back to- Really, Andy? I made a great Quidditch Wait, do quip. It again. Right? Do it again. I oh, thought she, she was, was a sneaker, but she'd be snitching oh, and you just fuck, went right dude. past it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the zone, man. I'm, I, this usually isn't my job. So like <laughs> typically I can sit there and be the one to like crack up at your jokes. And I just got to be like, shut the fuck up, Steve. Pay attention to me, Andy. <laughs> Andy, pay attention to me. You're always on your phone. I didn't get enough love as a child. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to uh, Dumbledore's office and he says, you have not used caution. Um <laughs> He, uh, he, they cut to Dumbledore's office, um, and Umbridge is there with Fudge. She's showing him the list. She's like, look, it says Dumbledore's army. I fuck, you were fucking right. He's absolutely, uh, trying to t- get your job and shit. And Dumbledore's basically like, yep, totally. It was me. I told Potter to start this club. Uh, and, uh, everything that he's doing is. But you won't take me live. Clap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Also, Percy Weasley's there and he's, uh, he works for Fudge and he's like holding Harry hostage. They don't acknowledge it, but that's what's happening. Uh, oh, that's one of the Weasley brothers. Uh, yeah, the one that's holding Harry is mm. Percy Weasley. He's actually like on the wrong side for most of the books, uh, and uh, kind of comes Percy. to his senses at the end. But they don't Percival. really acknowledge it. Oh, Percival, uh, Percival. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dumbledore says, "You ain't gonna catch me, bitch." And claps, clap, and uh, <laughs> and Kingsley's like, "Damn!" And they cut. Uh, let's see here. There's another decree. Uh, Umbridge is now the headmaster, replacing Albus Dumbledore. Uh, Filch is taking down all the paintings in the castle and you see him like I hated all these people anyway <laughs> and he, like, you see him like fuck with these dudes in this one painting <laughs> and like shake them, them off the side of the frame and shit he's like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Filch's time now <laughs> y'all made fun of me behind my back <laughs> but I had every word <laughs> I ain't had a drink in two days <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sober all of a sudden <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, the whole DA is getting the torture quill treatment. Uh, Tro is standing outside that office and she tries to talk to Harry. Uh, he's all pissed off at her and, uh, just walks past. He yeah. This is what I talk about where the movie just kind of just abandons Cho. Yeah. Cause there's this reveal like, Oh, Cho's the one that ratted us out. And then there's a later reveal. Oh, Cho had the truth serum, truth and serum. And so she did it, uh, you know, not of her own accord. And then they're like, 
Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes down way different in the book. It was actually Cho's friend that ratted them out. And uh, there was some spell that Her uh, Hermione had put on the uh, sign-up sheet for the DA. And so when Cho's friend rats them out, uh, like pimples show up on her forehead and it says the word scab or something. Sneak. Sneak. Is that what it is? Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, then Cho like is mad at Hermione for that. And Harry's like, no, your friend fucking sucks. And so they kind of break up over that. Um, although what? you remembered because, it better than I did. Stephen. Well, I, I read this oh, in okay. research, but yeah, like, but apparently that, that girl is like permanently scarred from right. for life. So it is kind of like, damn pretty, Hermione. Pretty Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Harry walks past her all pissed. Uh, the gang just goes and hangs out on the hangout bridge like they do. Uh, Harry says everything's his fault. Hagrid shows up, and Hagrid uh, basically is like, Psst, follow me. Uh, they go into the forest. A bunch of angry centaurs run past, and Hagrid's like, oh, fucking centaurs are... Uh, they're pretty mad nowadays. Up. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty pissed. Don't know what's up there, but hole. Might be pretty important later. Hopefully they, we will have a day of six <laughs> mantar later on. <laughs> I uh, wonder how they wear pants. Um, so, One hoof at a time, I imagine. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So Hagrid has brought them into the forest. He wants to show them Grop, who is his half-brother that he apparently met while he was out trying to parlay with the giants. Uh, he's saying that since Dumbledore's gone, he's probably going to get fired soon. And uh, he says that he kind of just wants somebody to keep Grop company. He can get his own food. He just wants somebody to hang out with him. Uh, Grop grabs Hermione and she like admonishes him and he's all sad like a puppy mm. and puts her down. He's like, I'm real sorry about that. Question. Uh, Hagrid's half giant. Mm -hmm. Explain to me how this works. <laughs> uh, so Hagrid's mother is giant. Uh, his dad is human. Uh, so that is Hagrid's half brother. Uh, his mom had a baby with another giant. So Hagrid's brother is full giant. Yeah. But his half brother. I'm more concerned about his parents. <laughs> yeah. So apparently his dad fucked a giant. Did he a, get one of Filch's ladders? A and giant test. Dude, he just climbed up in there. Did he just get in there? <laughs> he climbed up inside of her and there, jerked off. There are questions. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. The logistics of the situation are mind blowing. Because the whole time when they're like, oh, Hagrid's half giant. I'm like, oh, okay. The giants are just like, you know, 12 feet tall, whatever. Yeah. Sure, I could maybe, but then the, his brother hops up. I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell? That's way too big." He doesn't even seem fully grown. Yeah, that, that, that's a toddler giant. Uh, yeah, dude, I have no idea. Or maybe it's like you know a Norse mythology thing where like not all giants are actually giant, but they're part of the race of giants. I don't know. They could like change shape, but their right. natural shape is big. Point being. Uh, yeah, something went down and I want to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Hag Hagrid introduced him to Grob, uh, is basically what happens there. Uh, we cut back to Harry doing occlumency. Um, and there's some cool shots of like, we see, uh, the scene from the first movie where Harry uh, sees his parents in the mirror of Erised and like Snape is superimposed in that image. And he's like, I might be sick. Um, uh, basically saying, uh, he keeps busting into Harry's memories. So occlumency isn't working. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Uh, let's see here. Your Snape, dad sucks. Snape basically says, your dad sucks. You're a weak little bitch, just like him. And Harry's like, don't talk shit about my dad. Uh, and then Snape starts, uh, legilimens him again. And Harry protagos that legilimens, uh, which backfires it on Snape. And then we see a memory of Snape when he was like in school and we see Harry's dad was actually kind of a bully and he was, uh, um, 
kind of fucking with Snape and everybody's chanting and he's saying like, I'm going to take his pants off in front of everybody. <laughs> and you get serious going, good one, James. Yeah. Which is called back later. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Nice dude. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so Snape pushes Harry out of his mind. And he says, this is done. Uh, he's pissed. Uh, oh, uh, he kicks Harry out and he says, our lessons are over. Uh, so Harry like leaves, uh, and he runs into, uh, Fred and George <laughs> who are consoling a crying kid, uh, whose hand is hurt from the, uh, torture quills. And they say to each other that, you know what? I feel like our, uh, future lies outside of a- academic achievement. Uh, we cut to the great hall. Uh, all the students are doing their OWLs and there's uh bangs happening outside. A firework zips its way into the room and pops off, uh, uh, Umbridge goes outside to see what's happening. And then like a whole bunch of fireworks start going off. Fred and George fly in on brooms and start throwing fireworks everywhere. A big dragon firework, like out of Lord of the Rings comes and swallows Dolores and like sends her and stuff. Uh, and all the kids like chase Fred and George outside and they're all cheering and stuff. And they fly away off into the sunset. And she's awesome. all like that cartoonish, like all covered in soot. And right, her hair is all right. messed up. She looks like the like chimney sweep from fucking, uh, uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, let's see. So as all the kids are cheering, Harry, uh, collapses on the ground. He has a vision. Uh, it's the department of mysteries again, only this time Sirius is there and he's being tortured by Voldemort. And so he starts trying to tell Hermione what's happening. She's like, he's like, Oh fuck something. They, they, they have him. They have him. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, they start going through the office uh, or going through the school uh, and they're working their way towards uh, Umbridge's office. She has all of the, all of the fireplaces locked down except her own. Uh, and Harry says, we got to hurry. Uh, Voldemort is killing Sirius. And Hermione says, what if Voldemort's just baiting you? He's like, so what? Uh, even if he is baiting me, we still have to go help him. Mm-hmm. They break into Umbridge's office, but Umbridge catches them. Uh, she calls in Snape. Snape comes in and she says, I need more Veritaserum, which he had been using to uh, interview these kids to find out about the uh, DA. He says, you use the last of it. Uh, Harry says, or he says, I ain't got none is what I wrote here. Um <laughs> Harry uh, tries to uh, surreptitiously tell Snape what is happening. And so he says they have pad work, pad foot in the place where it's hidden or something. Uh, and she's like, what does that mean? And Snape's like, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> and so she's like, you know what? Snape's okay. a good guy. Snape is a good He's guy. He's a good man. dude. Uh, she says, He's just right, a little prickly. You know what? You know what's going on fucking losing your lips? I'm going to fucking Cruciatus. What do you think about that? Uh, so she's about to torture him and she's like, whatever fucking fudge said no, uh, won't hurt him. And so Hermione's like, you got to tell her, Harry. And she says, tell me what, tell her about the secret weapon. So they, uh, they get her to follow, they get Umbridge to follow Harry and Hermione out into the forest. Uh, <laughs> like, Hermione didn't have just, a plan. Just go with it. She's like, I don't fucking know. I'm improvising. Uh, Umbridge realizes that they're hopefully the centaurs shit. are here. <laughs> right. Yeah. DSX man. Would you say man horse? Mantar. <laughs> Mantar. Uh, so Umbridge realizes that they're full of shit. And she's like, this is where I get that fire ass line. You know what? I really do hate children. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, and then, yeah, day excess Mantar, a uh, bunch of uh, centaurs show up. And they're actually, the, I, I don't know how to feel about this sequence. Cause she says basically like, you have no business being here, centaur, like leave us alone. And they just don't say anything. And then she was like, as creatures of near human intelligence. And then one of them tries to fucking kill her, mm-hmm. like shoots an arrow at her and she blocks it. And she's like, 
um, ropey spell and, you know, locks him down and like they drag her away and shit. But I was like, she was kind of in the right in that regard. Like that was self-defense to some extent. Well, there is, there's like a thing, isn't it in the books? It's a little more explained where there, there is like this, like big ministry of magic versus centaur, like land issue that's oh, going yeah. on. And they hint at it. Very briefly in this. They just sh- enough to <laughs> warrant that like, being centaurs. Yeah, like Hagrid said his whatever thing, and it was like in one of the quick newspaper montages of like, centaurs are pissed and <laughs> like moved on to something else. Print. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, they uh, they attack, um, or they start to attack uh, Umbridge, but then Grop shows up and picks her up. And uh, the centaurs like attack Grawp. He's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to smoke. I don't want this. Sets her back down. And so they drag her off. And she's like, tell them I don't mean no harm. And Harry's like, I must not tell lies, you bitch. Um, Yeah. And uh, she gets carried away to what I assume is a fate worse than death. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) For real, dude. Like, what did they do to her? Yeah. Um, of course she comes back later. So we know that she was okay in the end. What? <laughs> uh, so Harry, Harry and Hermione run back to school. They run into Neville, Luna, Ron and Jenny. Uh, Ron says that he used some of the Weasley candy to escape. And they said, how are we going to get to London? And Harry says, you ain't coming with me. And Neville says, yeah, we fucking are. And Harry's like, okay. Uh, and they get on Thestrals and they fly to London. It's the only way to travel. They, Do you think the people who've never seen death are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, yeah, because they're like flying on nothing. That'd be fucking insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> um, let's see. They get to the ministry. It and smells it's- like meat up here. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. No fucking way. They get to the Ministry of Magic and it's just completely deserted. The movie's just like, we don't have time for this. And they just run through a completely deserted ministry, get on an elevator, and they're there. They're 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 at the it's after hours, prophecy Andy. within 10 seconds. It's after hours. Uh so they get there and there's a whole bunch of dusty shelves, Steve. Uh Someone so dusty. Those. Uh Sirius is not there. Um Harry finds the uh spot that he saw in his vision. Uh Sirius, there's nary a Siri to be found. Um you serious? <laughs> Neville uh, <laughs> spots a dusty prophecy on a shelf and he says, Harry, it's got your name on it. And Harry picks it up and there's a Dementor in the background. He's like, oh, thank God. Somebody's here to clean. Oh, good. You came to finally someone. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Harry picks up the prophecy and he uh, hears his prophecy. The power, the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. The Dark Lord will mark him as an equal, but he will have power that the Dark Lord knows not, for neither can live while the other survives. Uh, that's the prophecy. That's what uh, Voldemort's been after this whole time. Uh, Lucius Malfoy shows up and he says, yo, give me that. And uh, <laughs> Harry's like, nah, I'm gonna break it if you come any closer. And Bellatrix is like, I'm here too. And Neville's like, I want some of that smoke. Uh, Basically, he says, like, I'm going to fucking avenge my parents or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Lucius is like, all right, everybody calm the fuck down. Uh, He explains that prophecies can only be retrieved by those about whom they're made. So, like, they can't touch them unless they're brought up, Uh, which makes begs the question, why couldn't Voldemort just show up and grab it himself? Obviously, there's no security there. Yeah. The kids walked in without a problem. Why? Yeah, anyway, that is a pretty big plot hole. Uh, let's see here. I just wanted to fuck with him. <laughs> it would be really funny. He thought his uncle was dead. Um, or his godfather, rather. Let's see here. Uh, Lucius says, don't you want to know the secret of your scar? Just give me the prophecy and I can show you. Uh, they get surrounded by Death Eaters. Uh, Harry 
and all the kids stupefy at the same time. And then there's this weird sequence where they're like running around the hall of prophecy. All of the death eaters can like turn into smoke, I guess, fly and fly around. Um, and which is like completely made up for the movie that that's not a thing, uh, in the books at all, but not so a anyway, big fan of that. Me neither. I, I, yeah. And I then, and then like the good guys turn into white smoke. And so mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of black and white smoke flying around. It's silly. Um, I can understand like the vis- what they're trying to do visually, but yeah. The, the spell that Neville casts on the death eater is the same spell that Hermione zaps him with in the first movie. Remember when he tries oh, to Petrificus stop them? Totalis. Yeah. 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 You're totally right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they fight all these death eaters and they use all the spells that Harry's been teaching them during the DA meetings to, uh, kind of get away a little bit. And they break everything. They break literally everything. everything. Ginny does the, re- the reducto curse again. They destroy the entire fucking thing. <laughs> no all more prophecies. It. There's like a hundred million of them and they broke every single one. There's the, the one dementor in charge of managing that. It's like, I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> dude, though, the uh, fucking ministry equivalent of Snape, that dude is going to be, or Snape, Filch is going to be fucking cleaning that shit for like the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, insane. Um, so, all right, the, the kids all run, uh, out of the hall as everything comes crashing down, they fall through this doorway and land in the, the archway room. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. Um, just a big room that has an archway in the center. Harry, where they store the Halloween decorations and Christmas decorations, you know, (laughs) um, fucking, uh, Harry can see like, uh, sort of a curtain in the uh, arch. I don't understand really even reading the book and watching the movie, how exactly this is supposed to work, but he can hear voices and stuff. And Luna says she can hear them too. So I guess it's supposed to be like uh, the voices of those that you've lost uh, are on just the other side. Like it's some sort of threshold between like the real world and the afterlife Mm -hmm. or something. Um, So Harry can hear some stuff. Uh, All the kids are in there. All of a sudden uh, all the, um, death eaters sort of attack them. They're all like whipping around them. They all turn into black smoke and they're like, zip, 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 like flying, <laughs> flying around them and stuff. All of a sudden, all of Harry's friends are gone and he's just laying there hold, cowering by himself with the prophecy. They are all being held by different death eaters. At one point? At one point, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucia shows up and he said, you thought that you could actually fight us? What the fuck? Uh, give me the prophecy or we're going to kill your friends. And Harry's like, oh, fuck. All right, here. And gives him the prophecy. Don't do it, Harry. And then there's a flash of light behind Lucius, and it's serious. He shows up. He says, get away from my godson, and fuck it. Pop someone. Yeah. Uh, Lucius, uh, the cutting here is weird, because like five seconds later, Lucius falls over and drops a prophecy and breaks it. Uh, and then a whole bunch of other white smoke shows up, and it's the Order of the Phoenix. It's Lupin. It's Tonks. It's Mad-Eye. <laughs> It's the other two characters (laughs) and the other two. (laughs) My name's George. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Uh, So, all right. uh, A bunch of fighting happens. Uh, Harry or Harry and Sirius like are hiding behind this uh, stone pillar thing for a second. And Sirius is like, you need to get out of here. And Harry's like, no, I want to stay and fight. Uh, they don't have much time to talk. Lucius starts attacking them. And so then it, it's two on two, Harry and Sirius versus Lucius and that other guy. And they're uh, going back and forth and they get the upper hand. Uh, Sirius is a badass. The way that he uses his wand is really neat. He, like he does fun things with the way that he kind of twirls it and stuff. And he's having a grand old time. He's been all cooped Great up. Great one, James. Yeah, he's been all cooped. Exactly what you were uh, hitting at before. He's been all cooped up for fucking years 
and he had the opportunity to do something helpful. And he, yeah, like mistakes Harry for James in some weird way, like he's stuck in the past. Uh, they get the upper hand on Lucius and they blast him away. But then Bellatrix appears out of nowhere and she vidi kadimis him. And from behind too, <laughs> from behind. right? Yeah, like hits him in the side. And like, I love the way like uh, Gary Oldman's one of the best actors ever. Like the way his like face kind of like flinches and falls a little bit. It's really well done. Um, and then he falls into the archway and kind of turns into the mist that the curtain is made of. What do you think's going on there? Oh, I have no idea. This is the thing I was telling you about when I first saw the movie, when he gets Avidi Kadivid and falls into the mirror, I, I was like, am I supposed to know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> am I supposed to know what's happening? What just happened? Is he dead dead? Is he like, what is that archway? Is that important? Like, this is the one thing that blew my mind. Like yeah. I had no idea what was happening in this moment. And that's why I feel like it really, for me, it undercuts his death. Yeah. Severely. Cause Super. Then, Cause he's like, ah, uh, and then they just barrel through to the next thing. And yeah. it's like, can we have a minute? <laughs> can I have a minute to just kind of comprehend that Sirius Black is dead? Yeah. And that's, that should be a huge thing, but it's, and it's, it's super not. it's super unclear in the book too like what went down there cuz i think harry's like he's go he's going to come back through the curtain any minute he's coming back through and like it, you know but that's in the book it's supposed to be like him uh you know dealing with grief and not refusing to believe that it, what had happened had actually happened but especially the way they do it in the movie it's like what yeah and they never revisit it so i have no idea what that archway still now what that archway is supposed to be or what happens yeah. excuse me um He's enjoying a DC. Yep. <laughs> that big DC. That DC, a Diet Coke. Um, <laughs> sorry, my lips are, I don't usually talk this much. Uh, all right. So Harry uh, is screaming. It cuts to like you do with in grief scenes where like all sound goes away and it's just sad music. Uh, Lupin's trying to console Harry. Harry fights his way out of his <laughs> arms and stuff. No. <laughs> uh, it's I, too I, late, Harry. Come on. <laughs> I always think of uh, after Gandalf dying in Lord of the Rings and give them a moment for pity's sake. Gandalf! <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, so Harry uh, chases after Bellatrix uh, and he tries to fucking Crucio uh, kill Sirius Black. Ha ha ha. And then she fucking like, does the, the horror uh, movie trope where she's trying to run away from the killer and trips on nothing. Right. Yeah. But the killer in this instance is, is Harry Potter. All right. Well, he did. Did you notice he fucking tried to Crucio her? Yeah. Like use an unforgivable curse on her and yeah. shit. And so like, that's like, I guess his bad coming out. Mm -hmm. And so Harry's like standing over boy. her with uh wand drawn and he starts hearing fucking Voldemort encouraging him. He's like, you can fucking do it. Fucking get her. Do it. Uh, and then Harry realizes. Wouldn't it be super cool? <laughs> It'd be so dope. Fucking kill that bitch. Oh, I hate her so much. Look at her hair. It gets <laughs> everywhere. Look at them teeth. Every time she visits me, I'm picking up her hair off my clothes and chairs for a month. <laughs> everywhere. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, so, but he just kind uh, of appears, right? Like, Voldemort yeah, he, just, he, he just sort of like uh, dust appears and uh, behind Harry. Harry, he's whispering in his ear. But he's the whole time. Harry realizes he's been there the whole time, and he turns and uh, Voldemort just wordlessly like knocks Harry's wand uh, out of his hand, uh, and Harry's like, uh, "Fuck you!" And Voldemort's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Uh, let's see here. 
and Harry tries to attack him. Voldemort disarms him. Dumbledore, daddy, fucking steps through the fireplace <laughs> like a boss. Daddy's home. And Voldemort's like, oh shit, he brought daddy. Um, <laughs> and Dumbledore says, you know that old phrase, don't wake daddy? <laughs> you done did. Uh, Dumbledore says, it was not very cautious of you to come here tonight, Tom. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore says. I love this fight. Yeah, you should have Dude, it's so good. I just love the way Ray Fiennes kind of performs a wizarding duel. Because mm-hmm. it's not just like, because so far everyone else has been doing, you know, kind of fun little like flick of the wrists and aha, on guard, have at you with their with their little wands. But he's like throwing it up in the air and mm-hmm. he's like doing all these like really big, larger than life gestures. And he's like sticking his tongue out and shit. And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, it's so cool. And like he, uh, at one point he, um, gets all the glass broken behind him and shoots it at Dumbledore and Dumbledore yeah, just, just makes like it. holding his arms up like this. Yeah, and Dumbledore makes it uh, sand. Turns it into dust. And Dumbledore, I love this so much, the way they did this in the movie. Uh, Dumbledore is continually like looking back at Harry to make sure like he's not getting hit or like Harry will like, like the, se- the second the duel starts, the first thing Dumbledore does is knock Harry off to the side so yeah. he can fight him. And then like Harry tries to come back up and Dumbledore knocks him away again and shit. And like Harry's like fucking up Dumbledore's mojo. Like yeah. Dumbledore like had him trapped in the big water ball thing. And then like he had to knock Harry away again and that let Voldemort get out and shit. Uh, but yes, this duel is amazing. In the book, the chapter is called The Only One He Ever Feared. It's so fucking good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they fucking duel, and uh, neither one gets one up on the other. Um, you got the big fiery snake, and that's dope. And uh, when Dumbledore or Voldemort's eventually like, I can't fucking kill this guy, then he uh, turns into dust again and like possesses Harry. Way different uh, than how it goes down in the book. But basically, Harry goes full snake at this point. He falls down. His eyes go all blue. He looks like fucking uh, Smeagol. Um, (laughs) And uh, Harry starts getting, like, possessed by bad memories and stuff. And uh, Dumbledore is saying, like, it's not the way that you're this similar. It's the way that you're different that matters. And Harry's, like, dying, on, I guess, on the inside from the possession and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> big facts bro facts um i uh i have no idea what really is supposed to be going on here but harry uh the, his friends walk into the room and they're like dang what's going on and harry sees them and then he starts having good memories and then he says something like because the one yeah. thing harry has that voldemort doesn't have is love yeah and so People harry care about him harry feels sorry for him uh and I guess that's enough to like push Voldemort back out of him. And then there's this cool sequence or scene where Dumbledore, Voldemort's like standing over Harry and like there's dust all around him and stuff. And like uh, Dumbledore's just outside of the dust. I don't know if you can see Voldemort there or what, but basically Voldemort's just like, you're going to lose everything in the end or something like that. Uh, and then right then uh, all the ministry people start showing up and they see uh, uh, Voldemort for a split second. Uh, before Voldemort uh, dust dust disappears again, dust appears again, uh, <laughs> and uh, Fudge says he's back. He's back. So he knows finally, or Shit. has to admit, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I'm really sorry about all those uh, sh- that shit I wrote about polls. you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to write a lot of retractions in the Daily Prophet. Uh, so we get another newspaper montage. We see that Dumbledore and Harry are vindicated. The minister might resign. Umbridge has been suspended. Voldemort has returned. And then some, probably. <laughs> Who knows what else those centaurs did to her? 
Uh, yeah, right. Um, we see the uh, stock market prices in the wizarding world and uh, <laughs> some, some fluff pieces. Uh, and that Dumbledore has been reinstated. The Dow took a hit today uh, <laughs> based off the return of the Dark Lord. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, investors have uh, lost faith in the uh, future pr- futures for uh, oil. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Harry sits in uh, Dumbledore's office. Uh, Harry's saying, it's all my fault. And Dumbledore's like, no, it's all my fault. I knew that Voldemort was eventually going to figure out that you guys had a mental connection. And I thought that if I ghosted you, then uh, Dumbledore, or Voldemort would be less tempted to try to use you. I was wrong. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry for being uh, a dick. Harry asks about the prophecy, and he says, the prophecy said that one of us is going to have to kill the other one. And Dolomort, Dolomort Jesus, uh, Dumbledore is like, yeah, that's Facts. basically that's what's up. He's like, I didn't tell you that because I didn't want to cause you any more pain. And also because I, you're just a boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to tell you things because you're just a boy. Just a boy. Just a boy. You obviously don't need to know just that Just the boy who lives. You're not an adult yet. Mm-hmm. Just a boy. You're going to have a crazy 17th birthday. <laughs> Holy shit. When we tell you all the stuff we've been keeping from you. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, when you're not a boy anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, let's see here. They cut back to, uh, uh like shots of Hogwarts. We see all the paintings are back up and we see Filch putting back up the one of all the guys that he was fucking with when he was taking them down, which I thought was sweet. No hard feelings. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I was drinking a little bit. <laughs> I was mad with power. The lady in pink made me feel things. <laughs> she reminded me of another woman I used to know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We get to Harry uh, talking to Luna for a second. Luna's uh, putting up wanted signs for all of her missing possessions. She sees some of her shoes hanging up. Uh, are people stealing archway. her shit? Is that yeah, what? people are stealing her shit. And it's not the it. Nargles. It's, it's, it's students. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go get some dessert. Uh, Why she, would you pick on Luna? I know. She's what? awesome. She says, because she calls dessert pudding. That's why. <laughs> that's a British thing. Whenever they say, I hope there's pudding or whatever they're talking, that means dessert. That doesn't yeah. mean like just just pudding. pudding. Yeah. Mm. It's silly. Mm. British people. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Uh, let's see here. We cut. And this is the end. Harry and company are walking. And I guess this is where uh, Padma bumps into uh, the Thestral, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Harry says, I've been thinking about something Dumbledore said, uh, even though we have a fight ahead of us, uh, we have something that Voldemort doesn't have. We have something worth fighting for. And that's the end. Dun, 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 and dun, he's dun, wearing dun. this tight-ass blazer. He uh, saw Voldemort in that vision with that three-piece suit. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take a page out of his We book. are quite similar. I like that drip. <laughs> I like that drip. I'm going to get it for myself. And so that's it, man. I'm sorry we went a little long on that, but that is Harry Potter and the Oot. And the Oot's P, baby. Well, you know, Andy, we can't complete uh, our um, our coverage of Harry Potter without going through some questions that people wrote in. All right. These are questions written to us on the Discord. Uh, first one comes from Rach. She writes, I enjoyed reading how Harry Potter, how Harry reacts to learning his dad isn't the perfect hero he always imagined. How he has to grapple with the fact both his role models, James, <clears throat> James and Sirius, were bullies. What were your thoughts on first hear, first learning about the connection between James, Sirius, and Snape? 
Uh, dude, well, so it's hard to say my thoughts upon first because I was like 15, so that was a really long time ago. But uh, I, I, it, it is really important, uh, like as part of like development and becoming an adult, like realizing that your parents are not these infallible people that mm-hmm. you've kind of always built them up to be in your head. Uh, you know, parents are kind of godlike figures in a, in a way. And so it's a big part of adolescence to come to terms with like, oh, they're wrong about things, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I, I I can only really speak to how I feel about it now. And I think that that's a really, really wise move and, and a really effective way to show that. Like what better way to reveal that your parents aren't the infallible people you think they are than to literally see them, see a memory of somebody that they used to bully. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that that's great. Do you remember like how you felt about it when it went down? Uh, I vaguely remember just thinking like it was just really, really smart because um, it was one of the first instances where you really had a in in literature or in like media where the 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 infallible you know role model was shown to be not completely infallible. Mm-hmm. And again, that's such a rare thing that happens. Cause like, Oh, this is the amazing, my amazing teacher. They're always amazing on my hero's journey. Well, in this one, it's like, yeah, they were amazing, but they also are a person mm-hmm. who grew up to be the amazing person, you know, but that means they made mistakes along the way. Right. And I think that is such a, that is a good idea. And it's also just a good thing to rem- remember yourself in life is like, mm-hmm. if, if people who like me say like, you and I are friends, Andy. You think of me a very specific way Aww. from how you've known me in, in our lifetime. But maybe there's something I did when I was in like grade school that would be like, oh, Steve, weird. Yeah, the Why adopted do- kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why would you make fun of that kid? I ain't forget about that, Steve. I'm, never, <laughs> I'm not going to look at you the same way, man. Uh, exactly. Real time right here. Real right, time. Yeah, th- this is how it happens. Uh, <laughs> And also the scene is really effective because it's the first time ever that Snape is shown as a sympathetic character. Uh, Up to this point, he has always been that fucking guy. Uh, And it's like, oh, that fucking guy did a nice thing. That's fine. But this is the first time that we actively feel sympathy for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really important for reasons later. Uh, But yeah, to one, uh, the character development for Harry and also character development for Snape, brilliantly done. Uh, next up, we have a couple questions from Amanda King. First question, what is it about villains where we end up hating a villain like Umbridge more than a villain like Voldy? Voldy is a literal murderer, constantly terrorizing Harry and everyone around him. But Umbridge, she makes my skin crawl. Am I alone in this? You're not alone. Um, not alone. I, I think that uh, you hate somebody like that more because they, they're more realistic. You yeah. know, you know, people like Umbridge in your life. Uh, yeah. I would hope you don't know uh, a dark Lord. Yeah, You don't know Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> yeah. but you, you do know his shitty cousin, Bert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easy to point at someone like that and say, <clears throat> that's bad. Hard evil will not associate with, but I'm, sh- but yeah, it's much more likely that, you know, an Umbridge as like maybe a, a, a boss or a teacher you might've had that are right. just like, uh, hypocritically sweet and yes. not, not genuine. Yes. And that's, and just the fact, uh, and there's something about being a hypocrite that also rubs human beings way worse in a wrong way. Like if you, if you're proven to be a hypocrite, it's like, Oh fuck you, <laughs> right. buddy. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, Voldemort is true to his convictions. Mm-hmm. At least he's open about it. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I respect his honesty. 
Uh, Amanda continues, if a room of requirement appeared in your house tomorrow, what would it look like, Andy? I think we already went there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just bulldoze through that one. Uh, I don't know, man. It would have like a jam room. I had to break down my jam room uh, uh, to make room for uh, other things in my life. And so now all of my instruments are in my basement, uh, just kind of in the corner. And so it would have a jam room. There would be video games. Uh, it'd be a movie theater. It'd be sweet. It'd just be a man cave, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I think mine would be a, an even better recording space for us with like all the fixins. That'd and be sweet. All the proper streaming gear and comfier chairs. Comfier chairs. A better chair sucks, Steve. They do suck. <laughs> these <laughs> are just the, hurts. these are just the the old uh, kitchen table set I, I got. <laughs> In the divorce. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How would you, Andy, this is another question from Amanda. How would you fare with the owls? I don't know magic. I'd feel fucking shitty, man. (laughs) How about you? Uh, You know what? Uh, I've got the internet. Yeah, I think I can. What's that AI now that you can type in like, hey, AI, find me. Oh God, dude. I know. I know. Give exactly me all the answers about. to the owls and it'll be like, here you go. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a good test taker in general. So I probably, I don't know. I probably get like 10 of them shits. I, 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 10 of them shits. Yeah. For 10 real. owls. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, they, it is like pass fail. So like how, oh. how many OWLs did you get? And that determines what oh. you can take. Oh wait, no, I, I take did that not back. know that. No, it's, it's not pass fail. It's because not on a Scantron. Well, there is like exceeds expectations or I think the worst grade you can get is troll. Uh, but it, hold on. It, it affects what you uh, can, oh. what quick classes you can study later. Andy, shut up. Hold on. <laughs> If you fail a test in the wizarding world, the test calls you a troll. Yeah, that's the grade. The grade is troll. How do the trolls feel about this? (laughs) Not good, I imagine. (laughs) This world is so weird. It's kind of fucked up. It is kind of fucked up. They oh my god! They can't help it. It's a little labelist. Oh my god! Our last question comes in from Gene Possible. Gene asks, "What do you think led Voldemort to choose Harry and quote mark him as his equal instead of Neville?" That's a really good question. Um, I explain the Neville connection because I don't know if everyone knows that one. Yeah. So in the prophecy, uh, they say that it's a child born at the end of July uh, whose parents have. Uh, um, like fought fought against Voldemort, there that uh their son will be the the downfall of the Dark Lord, and there were two kids that fit that criteria: Neville and Harry, both whose parents were in the Order of the Phoenix. Harry and Neville were both born at the end of July, uh, and it was just which one did Voldemort choose? That's the chosen one. So he's literally the chosen one in that Voldemort chose him. Um. But uh, how, what was the question? Uh, why did Voldemort choose him, basically? Uh, probably, like... To, uh, marked him as his equal instead of Neville. Probably, like, out of m- more expectation of, like... I, I would assume it, his parents had a lot to do with that. Like, that he, I don't know, had more fear slash respect for the Potters than he did for the Longbottoms. I I, I don't know. Would it, would it be... I, I, you know, I'm not a big you know, I'm not an expert like you, but just reading the question, I think like, wouldn't it just be just the fact that he literally marked him just by trying to kill him. And so he has that birthmark and it's not so much like you, you will be the boy. It was just, just, it just happened. He was trying to kill his parents and like, 
Harry got marked in that. Uh, well, so no, I mean, like he, he was that he wasn't there to kill Harry's parents. He was there to kill Harry. Uh, oh, and so okay. he's like, so he, Voldemort heard part of the prophecy. He didn't hear all of it. And so that's why in this book or movie, he is after the prophecy. Cause he obviously didn't hear enough. I made a mistake. <laughs> right. Can we run that back real quick? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he, he wants to hear the rest of the prophecy. Uh, he heard it secondhand and only heard part of it. Um, and so who he, told him the, the prophecy who made the prophecy? I'm so confused. By uh, Trelawney, uh, made the prophecy. Oh, my girl. Yeah. Your girl. Uh, and so when she, uh, um, made the prophecy at the, uh, uh, in the climax of, uh, the prisoner of Azkaban, when she says, uh, the servant of the dark Lord will return to him tonight, yada, yada. That was only like the second time ever that she had made a real, pro- real prediction. Mm. Uh, every other time she's been faking it, but Dumbledore has kept her around because she made the prediction about the uh, Voldemort in the first place. Uh, so yes, she made oh, that okay. prediction. Uh, who, uh, Snape was the one that overheard part of that prophecy and he was a death eater at the time and went and told Voldemort about it. Uh, but Snape didn't hear all of it. And so, uh, Voldemort only got to hear part of it. And so that's why Voldemort was after the prophecy during this was he wanted to hear the rest of it. Gotcha. Um, and so, uh, anyway, yeah, when he, uh, marked, marked him as his equal, it's literally the scar. Uh, but, he chose to go kill him and not Neville. Yeah. So if he had gone after gotcha. Neville, then the prophecy would be about Neville, but because Voldemort went after Harry, now it's about Harry. Okay, nice. Because I, I remember when the movie, these like the when the books were kind of reaching the end, like Deathly Hallows was coming out. There was like a real big kind of this push for like, oh, wouldn't it be such a great twist if Neville this whole time was mm-hmm. was actually the chosen one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fun because like Neville kind of is a great character that kind of comes into his own. That would have been really cool if like he re- he truly was the chosen one and ki- killed. Voldemort in the end, that would be awesome. And then at the end, Dumbledore's like, ah, joke's on you, Harry. We made you think you were so special, but that was a smokescreen for this kid. Yay, Neville Longbottom. That's what we should rename the movies retroactively. Yay, Yay, Neville Longbottom. (laughs) Well, Andy, um, Thanks for thanks for being our Harry Potter expert as always. Thanks, it's man. so happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, Chris will be back. Uh, listener, just some housekeeping notes before we leave you. It is the holidays; they are a swinging, so we are going to have a somewhat lighter uh, release schedule for the next couple of weeks. This is the only episode you're going to get this week. So, we originally planned on doing Class Action Park, but um, things aren't really working out schedule wise with the holidays. So. We will do that soon, but it might be a couple weeks. Uh, tune in next week. We will still have our um, Half Blood Prince is next. We're going to be doing uh, Die Hard is coming up here soon. Die Hard did win the Patreon. Thanks for that segue, Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard won the Patreon poll for the December bonus episode. So if you would like to listen to our Die Hard episode, you can go on to patreon.com slash streaming things where we have a variety of tiers that you can uh, sign up for, including bonus episodes, including Discord access, which is how some of these people sent in questions. It is also how you can take part in the Discord hang out which we will be doing next friday or this friday excuse me uh this friday and then uh the following wednesday we will be doing a watch along on discord where we will watch uh the night before christmas with uh nightmare before nightmare before christmas sorry (laughs) i've been fucking up that title so much last week i was like nightmare on elm street (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know why I can't say this movie title. <laughs> you know, the Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So go on to patreon.com slash streaming things to take part in that. If you cannot, we understand it is the holidays after all. Money is a little tight. Mm-hmm. You can still support us by uh, giving us five stars on wherever you're listening to this. But you can also interact with the show by emailing us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Come. Hey everybody, this is Steve from a different point in time. Uh, Andy and I, in our excitement, we forgot to announce this really, really cool idea that we will be doing. Uh, this is an idea that was hatched by our moderators on the Streaming Things Discord. They are going to host a Streaming Things trivia game. They are compiling a list of trivia questions that are about this podcast, submitted by you, the listener, and they will be conducting this game to the three of us, the hosts, Chris, Andy, myself, um, they are going to test our knowledge of our own show. So if you would like to submit a question, for example, a question like which podcast host once said, quote, I want to get my cheeks clapped in a brothel, uh, you can do that. If you would like to submit a question, please please do so um, uh, because it is for uh, the moderators of Discord and we are going to be playing the game. We cannot know the questions. You are going to be sending this to a very specific email. That email is stream underscore fiends at outlook.com. That's stream S T R E A M underscore fiends F I E N D S at outlook.com so send those in if you have a great suggestion we are going to hopefully do this early in the year sometime in january we really look forward to playing this trivia game with you guys so again make sure you send that question to stream underscore fiends at outlook.com so that chris Andy, and i do not see those questions because we need to go into it uh blindly but with that i will send you back to the main show and i hope you enjoy the rest of it uh, Andy, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? Just that I love you and I'm happy to be back. Oh, buddy, I love you too. I'm so no. happy you're to be back. No. I, I was getting, I got a crick in my neck from like looking at Chris like this for, for so long. But right. now that you're here, I'm like just straight on, man. The the, the video of this is going to be really interesting because it's going to be both of us like staring <laughs> up into space <laughs> directly ahead the whole time. <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, sorry, it's weird. <laughs> That's just how we sit. Yeah, it's, Andy literally sits across right. the table from me. Well, I guess that's uh, that's everything, man. So, uh, geez, how do we wrap this up? Uh, thank you so much. My name is Andy. And I'm Steve. And happy streaming. It's that time of the episode where we give a special shout out to the brand new patrons that are making sure that streaming things can stay on the air. These are the brand new patrons that have joined our little family this month. In the Marty B VIP section, we have our newcomers, Luke Fiasco, Linda Eklund, Alexis Adler, Marley Silverbrand, Rachel Schmitz, and Nikki. Under the Chocolate Pudding producers, we have Rosie Moranti, Michaela Mills, Erica Summers, Haley Rolfsmeyer, Vaughn, and Chris Verrett. And uh, we also have our Friends Don't Lie producers. Can't forget about our friends. That's Luke Fisher, Jody Woodburn, Christopher Maranakis, and Chelsea Moyer. And last but not least, I just want to give a special shout out to Sandra A for upgrading to the Marty B's VIP section. Thank you guys so much for supporting streaming things. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you next week.